Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. I am currently south. Well, I'm in between Panama City and Columbia in Panama in the jungle. You can hear the birds. You can hear all sorts of shit, I imagine. Uh, but last week, I recorded a podcast with Alan Wayne Nichols where... I think we did it, yeah, we did it in the truck on our way to Red River, New Mexico for Kickstart Mike's Dream Trip, which quickly turned into a nightmare. And I'm not exactly sure how to address that, but uh, I believe I'm just going to write an article about it for Choppers Magazine because we didn't do a recap podcast and now I got <clears throat> crazy shit happening already. But I want you to hear about Al and him building his chopper for this trip. And I also did a Panama recap. Uh, Mr. Rob Rouser brought it to my attention that I didn't do a podcast talking about how awesome Rob Rouser is. So I did that for him and all of you. And Rob, Jenny June, Keith, I can't thank you guys enough for the hospitality and the good times that I was able to experience while I was in Panama. So let's get into it. So, you know, what we do before we get into it, I tell you about dates and everything going on and where I'm going to be or where I want to be. And right now, as I told you, I am in Panama. I flew down here yesterday, now the day before yesterday, and uh, picked up my bike. And, well, I'll tell you what happened when I picked it up because it wasn't, it, you know. Anyhow, um, before that, I was in Colorado. What are we doing next? What, we, what am I doing? I'm telling you about dates. When is it? It's fucking June, July, August. Sturgis is the next big one. That's right. No, it's not. The Run to Raton, July 22nd. The Chop Wizard Invitational, presented by J.P. Rodman. Go to Run to Raton on the gram to learn more. Follow J.P. Rodman. He recently got his Instagram back and got the story about fucking all that, man, he's, he's on one, but he's off one now, I guess, too. Uh, check him out for all the information on that show. Sturgis, dude, whatever the day is that Sturgis starts, the first fucking Saturday, there's a party at Sasha's Cycles hosted by Flat Out Friday and Mama Tribe. Sunday is the Choppers Magazine Chopper Show at the Harley-Davidson Footprint in Deadwood. Dude, it's going to be fucking on, man. If you were in Daytona, you know a little bit about what Choppers Magazine is bringing to the table, man. We had a great time in Daytona. We're going to have a great time in Sturgis, so bring your chopper and meet us in Deadwood. Monday... Racing, Jack Pine Gypsies, Circle Track, presented by Jeremy Prack of Flat Out Friday. Dude, they're going to have all sorts of racing. Bring your chopper. He's going to let us ride our choppers on the track. And the track is super fucking sick. Help bring your bagger. Help bring whatever the fuck you ride to Sturgis. 
to the track and we'll race it Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday is also the Sportster Showdown put on by Lead Sled Customs over at Camp Zero. Dude, what a fucking party Pat throws every year. Man, they fucking cook up a hog. They give away a bunch of awards, and there's a bunch of fucking sportsters. He's also going to do hill climbs. And, dude, I don't know what else he's going to do, but it's going to be a fucking party, and you don't want to miss it. So you got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday all taken care of. Uh, Lictor's having a party Saturday night. It's the opening of his show, The Emerging Virgin, a bunch of... Emerging Virgin. Man, you gotta... I don't know about that one, Lictor. No, I'm stoked because there's a, there's a handful of guys that I, that I really enjoy the work that they do, and they will be presenting it at the Buffalo Chip at Michael Lictor's show, The Emerging Virgin. Hey, Michael, how you doing? It's going to be awesome. And I think, <clears throat> yeah, the opening night is Saturday night right before Snoop Dogg takes the stage at the Buffalo Chip. And if you don't uh, want to pay to get into the Buffalo Chip, you don't have to. You can still go to Lictor's party. So you got that going for you. After Sturgis, what do we got? Oh, the Virginia City Roundup in Nevada, April 26th, presented by Chopper's Magazine. They got Nick Henzo on board as well with FXR Bazaar. They've got hand-picked, invited chopper builders and hand-picked FXR assemblers. No, I'm just kidding. They're builders too, right? Uh, just as much as some of the chopper. I don't know, dude. The fucking lineup of dudes building choppers is pretty sick. Go check it out at Virginia City Roundup. That's August 26th. September 10th, we've got, what do we got? Oh, the party at the pen in Boise, Idaho, presented by Chop Merchandise. And I just remembered something else, dude. July, fuck. Ju oh, it's July. It's early in July. Oh, man, I just, draw, I just drew the fucking biggest blank. Heavy is putting on a show. Full Tilt Boogie. Maybe it's July 9th. I don't know. Go to Full Tilt Boogie or Heavy clothing on the gram you can get information that party is in minneapolis minnesota so check out all those events uh, if you want to support this show in small shops all over the country go to mcshoptees.com mcshoptees.com dude Every single month, we feature a different shop from around the fucking, hell, around the world, too. And we do a one-off limited print and send it to your fucking doorstep every month with a postcard that tells you about the shop, where they're at, what they specialize in, and how you can get a hold of them. It's a beautiful thing, dude. And, uh, man, it's really cool working with these independent shops all over the country, sometimes outside the country. I've got some rad shops in the works. This month's featured shop is actually Danger Dan's Talk Shop. That's right. Fucking Kelvis from uh, Milwaukee killed a piece of art, dude. I'm telling you, he fucking killed it. The Danger Dan American Highway. It's to pay homage to the trip that I've done so far from Texas down to, well, I haven't made it there yet, but Columbia. Hopefully I'll be there soon. And, uh, man, it's super rad. If you're fucking not signed up, you're not going to get it, though, dude. 
Do not fuck around. Go sign up at mcshoptees.com because we got a bunch of rad shops that we're going to be featuring in the next, fuck, forever. That's it, forever. We're going to feature badass shops and you're going to get badass shirts, but only if you're signed up because you can't buy them after they're released. So that's just how it works. I got some rad shops in the works, dude. Sasha Cycles, Power Plant Indian, Larry, Clay's Parts, old giveaway Clay's on board. Um, dude, go to MC Shop Tees and sign up now. Uh, another way you can support the show is by going to DangerDansTalkShop.com. That's right, DangerDansTalkShop.com. There is a Patreon link. Dude, go to that Patreon link. Send us five bucks a month, dude, to put gas in the tank and keep this show on the road. And you got a chance at winning some fucking rad shit. Right now, we're giving away a $100 gift card every single month to lowbrowcustoms.com. And if you got a chopper on your lift in your garage right now, or hell, if you've got a chopper, you need to know if you don't already know about lowbrowcustoms.com. And if you already know, or even if you don't already know, you probably need a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs. Check them out. They got everything you need right now. Even on my Pan America, I've got Lowbrow Customs shit on there. Dude, they got these little gas tank holders that I should be running on my chopper so I don't run out of gas, but I'm running them on my adventure bike. And they've got my Yeti cups in them, dude, filled with, well, right now they got water. They Actually, they have water from Rob's house, dude. Rob's on this super sick well, and I filled them up, I don't know, weeks ago. And they're like my emergency ones. Normally I keep ice in one of them, but kind of been away from the bike and off my game, so they're both just water from Rob's house, which is great. I just need to drink some of it. But what I'm getting at is Lowbrow Customs has something for everybody. Check them out, lowbrowcustoms.com. And over the past few years, we've given away some rad shit, right? We've given away race bikes, dude. Gave away a fucking motor, a fucking shovel head motor. We gave away a bunch of knives made by Nick because Nick is a fucking badass. We're working on sticks made by Nick. And, you know, you'll, you'll hear more about that later on, dude. You don't even know about sticks made by Nick. But it's a real fucking thing, dude. He's made multiple sticks. Um... What, what was I getting at? There was something. Oh, dude, we also gave away a trip to fucking Nepal. That's right, to ride the Himalayas, thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. Motorcycle Sherpa curates one of the baddest fucking tours on the planet. Now, literally, I had no interest in going on a motorcycle tour until Bear took me to fucking Nepal. And, dude, I'm all about it. We're even going back. We're going back in November, the first two weeks in November. Dude, I talked to Bear yesterday, and there was a very few fucking spots left. He, hell, he almost kicked me off the fucking trip. No, he didn't do that, but he did say that there are very few spots left. So if you want to go ride the Himalayas with Bear, Booty, me, and dude, some unknown... Actually, I already know, but I'm not telling you who else is on the trip... Because fuck you, man. Go sign up. It's going to be sick. Uh, they put on, really, and when I say that they change the way I travel, I mean that they change the way I travel after going on that trip, man. It's really, it's an amazing fucking thing that they offer over there. And anyways, they do trips 
in Nepal and Mongolia, and they've kind of been shut down because of this motherfucking COVID thing. But they're back in action. This is like the first trip back, and it's going to be super fucking rad. And if you want to go on an extra special adventure, you know, roll over there with us in November. MotorcycleSherpa.com. Check it out. Um, dude, I want to give a special thanks to my boy, my man, my friend, Randall motherfucking Wiley, who is, uh, dude, he's really, dude, he is making this trip right now, the Dan American Highway, happen. And I can't thank him enough. It's, uh, dude, it's really a fucking crazy opportunity. You know, the fucking stars have aligned. I've talked about doing this trip, and I honestly decided not to do this trip after going to Nepal a couple years ago. And then, you know, like I said, the stars aligned. You know, after the Mezcal Moto Rally, I wind up in Costa Rica. My boy Terry tells me about, you know, life and everything in it. And, you know, I'm like, shit. Anyways, <clears throat> Randall, thank you so much. Pretty amazing where I'm at, where I'm going, where I've been. And I want to thank you especially. And all the other Patreons supporters, dude. Like, literally, I mean, this is... this. Th I am here in Panama only because of shit, even just the people listening. Uh, I, I mean, I can't thank everybody enough. It's really surreal that this is actually happening. Uh, and I'm so stoked about, you know, where I've been and where I'm going. It's, it is, it's fucking surreal. It's a dream. Um, but right now, I want to tell you a little bit about Panama before I leave this country. And I want you guys to hear about Al why, how he built his first fucking shovel head chopper. And I, I wish I would have gotten a recording of how stoked he was. Like, he was stoked, you know, with this recording you're fixing to hear. But, like, as the trip progressed, oh, my gosh. Kickstart Mike's dream trip, a.k.a. the nightmare, was insane. So, here's me and Al rolling down the highway. We just hit, uh, where are we at? Chillicothe. Yeah. And uh, we're headed to New Mexico. But it wasn't, but a couple of weeks ago, I was rolling around in Central America. So when I left off, I think the last solo podcast I did, I know for sure, I was in Costa Rica. Dude, I was staying at this fucking beautiful place, like overlooking this valley of farmlands. Dude, it was so insane, dude. Like, so insane. When I left there... Uh, there was a motocross track, and I went and tried to find it. It just said motocross track that way, but the sign was old as fuck. I never found a motocross track, but I did, like, dude, just to fucking exploring those roads. I cannot wait to take you there, Al. Yeah, it was so I can't wait sick, to go, dude. dude. It, was, it was unlike any riding I've ever done, dude. Yeah. It was so good. You know, in, in Costa Rica, there wasn't as much infrastructure so, like, some of the roads look like were, like, you know, kind of like driveways. But they were, they were like, roads on the map. Yeah. But they just don't have any signage? Yeah, no signage, but, like, they weren't pavement. They were, like, uh, my driveway where there's, right. like, grass growing down the middle of it. Mm -hmm. It's like a two-track. Yeah. But that's, like, the road with – it's on, the like, the Google map. You yeah. You know, like, you're, like, dude, it's just wild. So wild. And uh, from there, I went over to uh, Boqueta, 
Now, Boqueta is a, it's a fucking beautiful place at the bottom of a volcano. And there's tons of uh, nurseries where they're growing, like, peppers and tomatoes and all sorts of flowers. You know, it's like lava soil, you know? Like, that shit's got all the fucking nutrients. They're going where we're going. They're going oh, yeah. to Red River. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's a great place for these nurseries. And there's greenhouses. They're growing in the ground, out of the ground. Uh, but there's this volcano and they do tours up to the volcano. So there's a road that goes up there. And recently, uh, Itchy Boots, Norley, she tried to ride up there. They shut her down. Uh, and I really was just like, oh, she's just like, she didn't try hard enough. Yeah. You know, like, the road didn't look that gnarly. So the morning bef- the morning after I stayed in Boqueta, I, uh, I found that road and took it. And I was ready to go to the top. And... Uh, I get to the same gate I saw on Norley's video, a guard there. I thought, okay, so she said that the road was only open from like 8 to 12 or 8 to 1. And then, but she showed up there at 4 or 5, so the gate was closed. The guard was there. You know, you can't come. So I thought if I got there when the road was open, the gate would be open. Yeah. And I could just blow by the guard, you know, whether he's telling me to stop or not. I'm like, I just keep going. Yeah. Well, the fucking gate was closed. I got there at like 8.30 or 9. Uh, and, dude, that road was steep as fuck. Loose rock, big boulders, all sorts of gnarly shit. And while I was trying to convince them to let me in, a big old fucking Jeep with people in it started coming down. Like was, And there's no, there's no like, pull off to the side easily. It was, it was a pretty fucking gnarly road. So. Yeah. But just... The pavement ride to get to that point was fucking beautiful. Because when I came in the day before, it was way overcast. I'd ridden through rain multiple times that day. I'd been wet, dry. I got wet in my clothes. I got wet in my rain shit. I mean, I it was just... Damn. But man. I never got dumped on, dude. I never, like, got... I don't know. It was you say you got wet in your rain shit. Did it penetrate your no, rain No, not like what? I got wet underneath gotcha. it. I'm just saying I got rained into my regular clothes, yeah. dried off, put my rain shit on, got rained on, and it just just water. Uh, yeah. But it, I never got like, considering I was riding through a rainforest at the beginning of rainy season, you know, I didn't get that wet. Yeah. I was pretty shocked, <laughs> you know. Like, uh which means that we're probably just going to get dumped on with snow on this trip, dude. Oh man, you know I I have been very fortunate lately. I've We're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to talk about our last trip to Red River once we get there. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh and, and dude, before I got to Boqueta, so, you know, I'm dreaming up this fucking, you know, bringing a bunch of people back and doing a tour through Costa Rica and shit. So now I'm like pulling over at all these like sweet spots because I got a reason to go check them out you know like I found that, like and there's this thing like where they do uh, it's like the organic fucking farm oh fuck what do they call it it's like a government program where they highlight farms around the country that you can stay at okay god I can't think of the program but yeah they have like these signs and it's like this, the culture tour and it'd be like this farm that has cabins that you can go stay on. So, like, 
Off and in the, the middle they give of the countryside. Tours of the farms and shit like that. Or they just cook for, I mean, it's just a cool place to stay. You right. Know? Like some people, I mean, the way I gathered it, it's just like a, not a sale. Well, it's like a sales gimmick. You know, they're just cool old farms that right. have cabins that are part of this system to help tell everybody that they're a place you can stay at. Right. Uh, you know, a way to just spread the good news to tourism. And yeah, maybe it was like the the culture tourist. I don't fuck. I don't know. I think I talked about it on another podcast. Anyways, I went into one of those and it was so sick, dude. Just like now I am on a driveway, just like riding, just tree covered. If you stand up on your bike, you're hitting the branches. Damn. And you come down to this like big old fucking pond. There's these cabins set up, and these girls come out in these bright colored dresses, like. Like, what in the hell, dude? This is insane. There was this, like, giant lily pads on the pond with these big old flowers coming out. It was like fucking Jurassic Park type shit. You Damn. know, like, like I was in a different... <clears throat> not only was I, like, in an exotic place, it felt like I was in an exotic time. Like, surreal, kind of. Oh, way surreal. Yeah. yeah. No, surreal doesn't do it. It was right. like, we're beyond surreal. Now I'm, like, in a book... Written about in, you know, something fucking from the Jurassic. Like a, like a dinosaur could have come out, and it right. wouldn't surprise me much. You know, like, yeah. that's where I was at. Like, oh, of course there's a velociraptor here, you know? Like, yeah. It's just insane. That's awesome. But so I did Boqueta, and from Boqueta, I was just going to hot shot over to, uh, to, to Rob's. And that meant time on the Pan America Highway. There was no way I could take, like, back roads... To where he was at there's like this stretch of panama where it's either mountains that don't really have roads through them or the pan america highway and the pan america highway is like you know it's the fucking pan america highway it's yeah. pretty heavily trafficked it's just it's kind of like this dude it's really like this except for there's not as many turnarounds and shit there's not as many signs mm-hmm. uh but it's pretty cool I, and i didn't see any signs that said pan america highway I think it was just. I can't remember what they said. I think I waited. Probably got another name. Yeah, along the same lines. Yeah. Something, something to that effect. But I took that, and I really wasn't. You know, once I left Boqueta, it got kind of. I I, boring's not the right word, but it was just a fucking. You know, I mean, I was literally just on the highway. You know, there wasn't. There was gas stops every once in a while, and all the gas stops had like. Not really beggars, but like, you know, people trying to sell you shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it's the central fucking highway going up through Central America. Right. Oh, man. But did that for hours, and I asked Rob, I was like, you know, is there anything that Jenny would enjoy like anything i can pick her up you know that she can't get where she's at and he was like she really loves garlic stuffed olives damn that sounds delicious dude i stopped at like 10 fucking grocery stores that day and none of them had that not a single fucking one of them damn but i stopped at pretty much every grocery store i saw and uh never found them no never found them 
And I went down that road. I mean, it was probably like three or four hours on the Pan America Highway. And then I turned off to go south towards his place. And, you know, and it still was like, I don't know, coming out of that rainforest, mountain area, foothills, like lush, green, crazy plants everywhere. I'm more like, I don't know, like it was just grass and some trees. There wasn't like, it didn't feel like I was in any exotic, you know. There was, if a dinosaur had jumped out of the woods there, I'd have been shocked. Yeah. You know, like, this wasn't there anymore. And then once I got further and further, oh, dude, okay. So, you know, Rob had just gotten back in town. So we hadn't had a full night and day with his wife. So instead of going all the way to his place that day, I decided to go close and find a place on the beach to stay. <clears throat> okay. This is when I called you up. Yeah. I fucking found this spot. I ride to the beach, and I was just going to camp on the beach, but I had to take a fucking shit, dude. Like, I mean, I like it. One of those ones where it could have been the beginning of, like, hours of shitting. Right. So I was like, dude, I got to get it. Like, the fucking camping idea is not happening. Even though I had everything on my pack ready to just set up camp. The road literally just went, and the pavement stopped, and then it was just deep sand. It was like a foot drop off in the deep sand beach. Which was cool, but I'm like, this little town that I rode through right before I got to the beach looked fucking dead. Like, there was nothing was open. It looked like maybe one of the places was like a retirement home. But, like, I don't know. Like, it just looked like a place where people go to die, yeah. honestly. Like, that, that was the kind of vibe I had. And there was, like, a couple of restaurants I saw that did not look open at all. And, uh... So anyways, I turn around at the end of the road, and I ride back, and there was a place on the right, you know, on the ocean side that looked like it, it, you know, there was a possibility, but it was a gate that was closed, and it had a, uh, like, one of those doorbells with the camera and the fucking speaker pad. So I pressed that button, hoping somebody would come onto the speaker, and I could be like, hey, do you have a room for tonight? That didn't happen. I pressed the button. It made a, kind of made a noise, and then the gate just opened. So I'm like, fucking perfect. I didn't think twice. I just jumped on the bike and rode in the gate. Now, this place was like a fucking giant compound, and you could see there was a bunch of buildings there was a restaurant that was a part of it, one of those restaurants that was just closed down on the main road. And and I pull in, and there's like this, I'm on this old brick road, and there's three ways. You could go straight, right, or left. It was like an intersection just past the gate. And I thought I saw a sign that said office to the right. So I turn right, and there's like buildings on both sides of this road that are like, they don't look super old, but they're not like, you know, they weren't built in the last five years, maybe the last 10. But they were also like abandoned. Yeah. Just looked like they hadn't been used in a while. Yeah, and there wasn't sign of life anywhere. And then one of them, I could tell it was like an around open air thing with some bathrooms off to the side. Like it was obviously like an ayahuasca ceremony space. Like that was the. Like, that had to be it. I went back and looked at it. I mean, there was a big room, and then off to, and it was like a patio, like a wooden-built patio with a wooden top with, like, palm leaf tops, open side, like, half-open sides, and then, you know, the 
patio porch thing went off into another little building that had a bunch of stalls for like in case you had to shit or puke, you know, like it's so obviously you, what so it was. So you ran across some kind of cult compound. Is that what you're telling <laughs> it's what me? What it looked like. Yeah. Okay. So I see all this and then I get to the end of this place <laughs> and like the buildings went from bad to worse condition and then the road ended and I didn't see an office and I'm like now I'm getting kinda like a little spooked. You know, mm-hmm. like creeped out or like, you know, where am I at? And I turn around. And who's watching me? Yeah, I turn around, and that's when I notice that the gate has closed. And I'm like, like who the fuck closed it? Where am I? Like, now I'm a little bit concerned. So I go back, and I hang a right, and I go down towards the beach area, and then I see the first person. It's like a dude at a car. And I park my bike underneath this covered area, and... Uh, you know, the dude starts walking towards me, but he's not walking at me. He's not concerned with my presence at all. And I'm like, that's interesting. So I just thought maybe he didn't work there. You know, like, this, maybe this guy just, maybe he's a resident. Maybe he's staying or some shit. Uh, but sure enough, I go up and talk to him. He's like, oh, yeah, I work here. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm new here. Like, I don't know. Like I didn't give me get, a clue. Yeah, like <laughs> where where am I at? and What am I doing here? And what can you guys do to help me? How would like what can you guys do for money? Do you have a room here? Do you have food? Like I need a little bit of direction and help. And the guy was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I think we have one room left. And I'm looking around and I see one other vehicle. And I'm like, This is a big place for y'all to have one room left. And there's no sign of anything or anybody dude still and uh, he's like yeah but it's gonna take me about an hour to clean it up <laughs> I'm like, okay all right so and like i say, these buildings are kind of cool looking but they don't look like you know the place the more i looked at it it looked like a place that somebody really cared about and loved but they've been gone for like three years yeah and somebody else was just kind of like making it work. Right. And that's really kind of what it was. And then, you know, they got me a room. The room ended up being fucking super rad. Like hand-carved wood pieces all over the place. Had some weird art on the walls. Like exactly like you would expect a fucking a high-dollar hippie hotel to have. Yeah. You know? And, uh, dude, it had amazing food. Like... It ended up being really fucking cool. But so they it, had a restaurant there had that re- was if, functioning? If, well, you could tell them that you were going to eat there that night. Gotcha. And then they would... They Dinner would by a, appointment yeah, only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you could order off a menu. Yeah, like room service? No, no. I mean, no. like, at once you reserved... Once you told them you're going to be there, then you could. they gave you a menu to order gotcha. off. Gotcha. The way they made it sound like, you know, you tell them if you're going to be there for dinner... And then they serve you food. Right. But no, it's like a full-on nice, nice, nice menu. I spent as much on food and wine that night as I did on my room. Yeah. And it was worth it. Like, I had a fucking big old steak that was so goddamn good, dude. Like, God, it was good. But, you know, that that was one of those places where it, you know... I guess, you know, just being in Central America, taking, like, if if things don't look perfect, 
I, you know, you just start worrying, you know? I, I, I would think so, especially when you're alone. Yeah. I mean, to me, that just, like, elevates everything so much to be doing these things solo, you know? But, yeah. It's pretty wild. It's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, I called and talked to you for a minute that afternoon when I found, like, oh, yeah, dude, then you, like, take... They have these sweet paths, like, of wood and rock and stone. Like, really cool place. But you take this path out to the water, to the beach, and then there's, like, this cabana with chairs. But then there's, like, no access to the beach. Hmm. It just, like... And not that there couldn't be, like, with a little bit of fucking... You know, sweat equity, you could have a beautiful, like, I don't know. It just seemed like there was a, it wasn't, a, it wasn't set up to enjoy the beach. Right. Like, I had to jump over some shit. I don't know. It's just, That's weird. It was weird to yeah. have something on the beach like that that wasn't like, there wasn't a wall in between you and the beach, but there was like a, it wasn't easy to get to. I mean, it was, it wasn't like difficult to get to, but it wasn't like, Inviting, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a weird spot. And then uh, the next day, I woke up, had breakfast, and that was like the most. It's crazy. You know, you leave America, you get Mexico, right? Great food, Mexican, Mexican food. The further you get away from Mexico, it's like the same kinds of food, just prepared differently. Yeah. And then I get to this spot down in Panama, and it was like having a fucking uh, one of those free continental breakfasts at a hotel. You know? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like powdered scrambled eggs. It was scrambled eggs and like real bacon. Like an American breakfast. Yeah. It was funny. Except for the cheese. They, uh, they like to serve cheese. Just like a lot of times they just fry it up. It's like a fucking slab of cheese. They just fry it on so both is it, sides. Is it goat cheese or is it? A lot it, of times goat oh cheese, Oh, God, yeah. I love that shit. And sometimes it's just like a piece of cheese and some pineapple. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, I mean, it's really good, but it's different. We had breakfast there, and then I rode to Rob's. And now, like I said, the area was kind of like flat and, I don't know, just trees. Not, not even really that many palm trees. But that next morning, it was like a two-and-a-half-hour ride to Rob's. And the closer I got, the more hilly it got, the more exotic it got. Like, it started getting fucking so sweet, man. And, uh, you know, because Rob had made a comment when I was riding through this part in Costa Rica. He was like, oh, that's the kind of like the area we live in. But that, that you know, until that morning, it did not, I was not, I was like, you know, this does not look like that area at all, Rob. Right. You know, like you're overselling your shit. <laughs> Uh, but then the closer I got, when I got within a couple hours, that's exactly what it was. It was just hilly, farm country, uh, you know, all the tree posts or trees now. It's so hilarious. They put in these fucking fences, and they put in, like, you know, tree stays. Like but seedlings. They're just, yeah, they're just propagating. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, like, putting a piece of wood in the ground, and then it turns into a tree. That's awesome. And they use, like, the roots. You know, they want it to do that. So the roots grow like the concrete base, but then they chop off all the branches. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes they do. Sometimes they just let the branches grow. Depends on the uh, whatever desired effect they're after. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, God, it was beautiful. And the show up to Rob's. We sat down and recorded that podcast. Snake fell on Jenny's head. 
Oh, yeah. You told me about that in the house, huh? In the hey, This building right here? Yeah. Sheriff's office. One time, me and my buddies were on a skate trip. We were all fucked up, smoking weed, drinking beers the whole way here. And that was like the first parking lot in this town. I just pull in there, get out of the truck to piss on my front tire. <laughs> and I, I see that we're at the sheriff's office. I was like, no fucking way. Oh, man. Get back in. And they're all, everybody's fixing the bail out of the car. Yeah. I'm like, get, no, no, we're leaving. We're Wrong leaving. spot. Oh, my God. Every time I drive by that, I think of Dude, that. Dude, where were y'all going? Were you going to a pool or what? I don't a even ditch? know. I think we were going to Amarillo. Oh, yeah. To play to play music. Oh, yeah. For the fucking Amarillo Bowl Jam. Nice. I've never been to that one. Oh, it was sick. But, yeah, so Rob's place was super fucking sick. He has, like, a little... I stopped at the little fucking, you know, little store he's got by his house. Uh, hoping to grab like some soda water. They didn't have that shit, but Jenny was there. She pulled up in the Troopy. Fucking Rob's Toyota Trooper is so sick, dude. It's like the ultimate fucking vehicle. Little diesel powered. Adventure like, surf rig. Yeah. That's Damn. Exactly what, I mean, he lived out of it for a couple of years, and it's fucking, it's rad as shit. And his house is super rad. I mean, it's just a concrete building, um, you know, with like. I mean, he lives like a local down there, you know? Yeah. He ain't like, he didn't show up and just bring all of his white privilege with him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but but what, I think my favorite part was, like, seeing how the the locals and him, like, how they interact, how he interacted with everybody. Now, given I got to see him as he was coming back from a two-week period of not being there, so everybody was stoked to see him, but... You know, just the way that they take him in and embrace him yeah. and Jenny. Uh, it was really cool. And uh, so the first day, he takes me out on the on the wave, and we surfed. Now, when I say we surfed, I fought to stay alive, and he caught had, some waves. Had you ever surfed before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but not I – mean, no, this is, like, very new to me. Yeah. The, and the wave – It wasn't like South Texas surfing. No, the wave that I surfed – before that was really user-friendly you know yeah. like you could catch almost any of them it was easy to get in the pocket you know like it didn't take a lot of effort this wave well he kept calling it fat that day that we were there it was fat we're like it was hard to get the get in the pocket where it would you know where you could surf with the power of the wave you had to like really get some momentum going mm-hmm. and then be in the right spot at the right time and then they were breaking kind of hard, or at least to me they were. And then I was trying to, like, I was like, all right, well, I'll stay closer to the bank and catch some of the smaller ones. Well, when I was doing that, all I was doing was getting crushed by all the other waves. So I'm, like, yeah. just getting pounded, dude, trying to, like, not die, dude. And uh, I am definitely in no fucking surf shape, you know? Like, I'm dude, a pretty I good do it so bad. motorcycle riding shape, but yeah. surf shape is different. Oh, yeah, dude. I can imagine, dude. Like, really, like, you know, so when you're on that board paddling, you want to, like, fucking keep your chest off the board, you know? Like, you just want to, like, have just your belly on there. Right. Or your hips. And, uh, you know, just holding yourself up like that and trying to paddle around. I mean, it's tough. Have you surfed before? I haven't, dude. And that's you're, te- you're telling me now, like, kind of what I need to do to get prepared. 
You know. Yeah, like um, lay on the ground and then hold, like yeah, that like, one like yoga move cobra. where you lift your legs up. Oh, yeah. And you lift yeah, your arms yeah, the, up. The bow. Or the, fit, the bow. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. That's the one. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, dude, the, the wave was good. And just going down to the beach, there's a, like some palapas down there. There's a bar, a restaurant, a couple of surf houses that you could rent. Oh, man. But that's it. Yeah. It was super fucking cool. So then he asked me if I wanted to go on a dirt bike ride. And I'm like, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? That's why I came here, dude, is to ride dirt bikes. And I brought one, so let's go ride. So he calls up his buddy Keith. And his, his buddy Keith, or actually, he didn't even call him up. Keith just happens to drive by in his truck, and he's a, uh, I think he's Canadian, or he's he's from the Northeast, at least. He yeah. definitely worked up there. He was a landscaper up in, like, the Hamptons, dude. Worked for, like, Jerry Seinfeld. He said he went to <clears throat> one meeting to talk to Paul McCartney about doing his landscape. Paul's oh. just sitting there on a couch with a guitar in his hand and a glass of wine. He's like, have a seat, you know? Like, God damn. He said he just froze. He was just like, no, fucking way dude you know oh my god uh but keith was cool as shit he drove by and rob was like hey dude you want to go ride dirt bikes take this guy on a tour and keith was fucking in dude like yeah keith was like fuck yeah we can go ride dirt bikes come on over to the house tomorrow at nine so we wake up the next morning and we go straight to keith's house drink some coffee jenny makes us like these little energy balls and Dude, we're fucking on it. And keys out. By the time I... Oh, I fucking didn't have gas. So I had to... Jenny took Rob over there. I rode 30 minutes away into town, got gas, and then went out there. Cause, so, like, you got to go past Rob's house to where Keese is. And he's, like, at this place where the road ends. Well, the fucking pavement ends. Yeah. Okay? And he's got a 690... What does he got, like a 690 and a 530 or, I don't know, the weird KTM numbers. But, like, big dirt bikes. Like, adventure. They're, they're adventure dirt bikes. They're not, you know, they're not, they're bigger than, like, your average 450 that right. you would, which is a big bike. These are bigger than that. And, uh, dude, he, he fucking just takes off, dude. Like, I'm talking about. Rolling. He's on the 690. He's on the big bike. Rob's on the smaller bike. And, uh, and you know, and they're fucking fully suited up with, like, chest gear on, motocross boots. I'm like, you know, I got a big bike to be going out and riding like that. Right. They're ready to tear it up. Dude, and we start hauling ass, and the pavement disappears. We get down to the fucking beach, and now we're on this, like, dirt, sand road. Right, like where there's a little bit of fucking plant life and then the beach. And just like going like just up and down, mountainous roads. And it had just rained, so the roads are like, they're not like super muddy, but they're like not dusty, you know, they're grippy. Just a little bit slippy sliding in some places. And holy shit, dude, it was, I could tell he kept turning around to see where I was at. And I'm like, I'm glued to him, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm on it. And then we get to, like, the first river crossing, and, you know, he just bails right off in there. I'm like, fuck, that looks deep. You know, well, let's go. And we go off, and then we get to a spot where, like, it's not a river. It's, it's where a river comes in, but the, but the ocean is so close at that point, it's like a, it's like a, there's, it's like a saltwater slush spot, right. which is where it is. 
and there's a little spot to the left towards the ocean. You know, the ocean's on our left where you can cross a smaller section, and then, but you got to ride through some deep sand. So he was like, how does that thing do in the sand? And I'm like, I mean, it's a fucking 600-pound bike, dude. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It'll do it, but, you know, it's not going to be like riding one of those or my 350. So we take off and go that way. I fucking, I get Cobb in a spot where I almost drop it and, uh, and get out of there. And, and then, bam, we're back on the roads. And then the hills start getting fucking steeper and steeper and fucking... You go down these hills, and then, bam, there's a little stream at the bottom. Or, bam, there's, like, a, a big fucking stream at the bottom. And the whole time, you can't – you can only, like, see the ocean through the trees. Like, we're not far away at all from it, but we're, like, tucked in the trees of this fucking rainforest. And it's fucking so beautiful. The weather's fucking perfect. It's a little bit hot, but not, like – you know, it's just fucking perfect, dude. Yeah. And we come to this one section where, like – we pop out of the trees, and there's, like, this, like, perfectly manicured lawn with these two wild horses. Well, they weren't wild, but two horses just out there with no reins on them and the oceans behind them. You know, and it wasn't like somebody just cut their grass. Like, that grass just is short grass. I mean, dude, it was so fucking beautiful. Like, Damn, man. The most epic shit you've ever seen. On the way back through that spot, fucking Keith's. You know, he rolls in there and just does this big, like, fucking, like, just, I don't know, just rips through there and throws a big old fucking S pattern where it's just, you know, dirt. You know, perfect green grass, and it's right. got this dirt S. And I'm like, God damn. And he goes over there and talks to these guys that were there, and, you know, and then fucking waves to him and then does the same thing, just rips out of there, leaving this big old fucking mud rut. And, uh, but I'm like trying to be, I don't want to tear up their yard because right. that's kind of what it looked like. But no, dude, that was like the one time I could have done that. And they would have, they were kind of disappointed that me and Rob didn't do that. You yeah. know, like that's the piece of grass that they have parties on and everybody shows up and like parks their big ass truck. Yeah. And it's like, you know, tear it up. It'll yeah, come like they, back. Yeah. They're not, they're not maintained. It doesn't look like that because they think that's pretty. It just looks like that because that's how it is. Yeah. So I almost wanted to go back and just do a big fucking peel out through there, but I didn't. But we keep going, and the river crossings kept getting deeper and longer, and then we're riding up the rivers, dude. And then we come to this one spot where they're, like, trying to fix the road, and we just climb straight up this fucking cliff, dude, like, to where the road ends in the trees. And we turn around and just, like, see the ocean way out there. You can see, like, fucking... Uh, I, we didn't see any whales, but we saw some dolphins and shit out yeah. there swimming around and jumping up out of the water. Dude, it was fucking so sick. And the more we rode, the more excited Keith was getting and Rob, you know. like They were just like, you know, they were fucking hot and hurting after about 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, because like, they don't do that a lot. And I'm pushing them, and they're pushing themselves, and, you know. Finally, they got past the fucking tired part and, like, reminding themselves how to shape they are. And we were just having so much fucking fun, dude. And then we get to a point where it's like the road's getting really fucking gnarly. And uh, Keith's like, man, it's just a little bit further up there. Well, I'm th And he's like, but I don't know if we should do it, you know. And I'm like, what do you mean? Fuck yeah, let's do it. And he's like, dude, look, it, I mean, there's fucking rocks and bowls. I mean, it looks fucked up. And uh, 
So he fucking blazes off to the side. I just go right up this fucking river, dude. Like cutting. Bet- I mean, we're talking big fucking rocks. I'm like, I drop my bike in there. Uh, anyways, get to it. Get up to where the road starts again. And he goes, all right, that's it. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought you said it was like, I thought he meant that we were going to pop out onto a road at that point. Yeah. He was like, oh, no, no. Now we, now we have to turn around and go turn back where we came from. Back. I was like, oh, my God. We just did that so we could turn around and go right back through that shit. <laughs> he was like, that's why I was asking, you know. <laughs> so I was saying, like, hey, we. It you ends thought up you there. were going to get through it once and then cruise, Yeah, right? I thought well, that was the end of the fucking, <laughs> the gnarly shit. He was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's just halfway Now we over. just have to go back. <laughs> and at this point, it's starting to rain, dude. And, you know, all these rivers, like, they're only crossable like this for a couple more weeks. Yeah. And then during the rainstorms, they're not crossable. So, like, as it's raining, dude, we've crossed fucking, I don't know, 10 or 15 rivers at this point. We're deep in there. And uh, it's starting to fucking rain, you know. And they're like, well. And you can see the rain coming from the mountains. Yeah. So, like, the rivers could rise before it even rains that much because it's been raining that direction. And, uh. Dude, it's, you know, it's starting. I thought we were fixing to be in a fucking bind. And then we take off some other road. Once again, I think that we're finding a way out where Keith's just like, no, no, I, we're just, no, we got to turn around and go back. I just thought we'd go up this road. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And then he stops because he finds a bunch of mangoes. He's like, oh, you guys are hungry? We're stopping to eat some mangoes? I'm like, Rob, we, or Keith, <laughs> we got to get out of here, dude. We still got ten rivers to fucking cross, and it's raining on us, dude, like. You know, I got a little, I wouldn't say I got nervous, but I'm like, you know, luckily having those two guys there, you know, that's just a lot of comfort compared oh, yeah. to riding, doing this shit by myself yeah. like I was doing in Costa Rica. Yeah, that's their home, home turf. Yeah, they know where they're going. Uh, but at, at, at some point there when we got to the end of the road, I kept hearing some fucking, something hitting my chain. Well, I finally, we like, I think that my center stand's bent. So we, like, get this big log. Keith comes up with this big log out of the woods, and we're, like, using it as a pry bar to bend my center stand. And then all of a sudden I notice that my left foot control mount is broken. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, we kind of get it back in place so where nothing's dragging and, you know. And then we still go off and, like, do, do some unnecessary detours with my shit all fucking broken. <laughs> Cross even more fucking rivers, dude. Oh, dude, it was oh, sick. Those guys wanted to give you the full experience. They Sounds did. Like. They did. And then finally, after a minute, uh, I got out front and started just fucking getting on it, dude. Like, And they were riding. I mean, we were riding fast, but, like, you know, when they were riding, like, right behind me and we were just rolling down these roads, like, now that I've ridden them once, I think I know them like the back of my hand, which is not, the, you know, not the case at all. Right. We had it got it was pretty fucking sick, dude. By the time we got back, we were fucking soaked, covered in mud, and fucking stoked. And then Keith's wife's made us some food, and uh, dude, it was so sick. I'm so glad that those guys did that for me. Uh, That's really awesome. fucking rad. So then the next day, there was a fucking surf competition right down the street from Keith's house. Nice. So they had, and then they had a Maker's Mart where they had all these like fucking artists and shit with shit they made. I bought this like Indian uh, or this uh, what do you call it? Indian Arrow. 
Yeah, like an, an, arrow, an arrowhead, arrowhead necklace. Yeah. This dude found an arrowhead made out of obsidian in those in that rainforest. Oh shit! So it's just fucking pure black, dude. Damn. I gave that to Connie since Brack likes fucking arrowheads so much. That's awesome. I got Katie the inside of a Cambutal, which is a shell. It's like the beginning of it, you know. Right. It's like a little, a little spiral, little mini spiral piece. Mm-hmm. You know, the beginning of it all. Right. Like I was like, oh, dude, I, I worked that one good. I was like, hey, babe, this reminds me of you because the rest of this isn't possible without this. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, None of this is possible without romantic, you, dude. dude. Nailed it. You did. Oh, my god. And gosh. it's true. It really is. Yeah. This is a fucking speed trap right here, that little town, dude. Not even a town. There's a, two liquor stores and a, and a uh, what do you call it? Two liquor ammo stores store. and a cop shop. And the ammo store and cops. That's it. But, yeah, so we did that. Then, uh, yeah, so we went back to Rob's house to try and fix the uh, fix the bike. And uh, with, he's got a welder, so we thought we were just going to weld it up. But, sure enough, we take it all apart, and it's fucking cast aluminum. And he doesn't have, like, a spool gun or a TIG machine, so... JB Weld it is. Yeah. And since Rob's good with surfboards, we got, like, fiberglass from a surfboard surfboard patching kit and, like, mixed the fiberglass into the JB Weld, trying to give it, like, more... A little more dexterity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, put it all back together. We were pretty stoked about our work. We are like, all right, cool, park it. Uh, and decided to go on a horseback ride the next day, dude. So we got on these fucking horses. Damn. Took him up into the rainforest, dude, dude, and down to the beach. And let me tell you what, fucking running down the beach barefoot on the back of a horse, like with the fucking rainforest mountains to your right and the waves crashing to your left and the fucking sand and salt in your face. Sounds amazing. It was terrible, dude. Holy shit. Then I stopped at the bar on the horse and got a Corona. Damn. Walk, go back through the fucking, <laughs> the fucking howler monkeys are yelling at us. Uh, fucking Rob's pulling mangoes off the trees and feeding them to the horses and shit. Wow. It dude. was ridiculous. That is too cool. Yeah. Fucking dirt bike, surfing, horseback. That's Come Rob's on, life, dude. dude. He's got it figured out. He works for a couple months and does that the rest dude, of the Dude, he has fucking got it figured out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it kept cracking me up because he kept going, man, I can't believe you actually came here. And I'm like, Rob, you know, all I needed was an excuse to come down here. And then I met you and like, you're better than an excuse. You know, like you're a great reason to come down here. Of course I came down here. Yeah, I'm glad that that worked out, you know, because as this trip kind of developed, once again, none of this was really planned. I I remember. I was, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Well, but like even as it started like growing, snowball. he wasn't going to be around when I thought I was coming through. And right. then the bike broke down in Costa Rica and kind of like it all ended up just fucking working out perfect. You yeah. know, he got robbed uh, right before I got there when he was right. coming back. So, you know, I, I mean, he made it – He clear he was very thankful that i showed up when i did it was like a good way to kind of just you know forget about the dumb shit that had just happened and get past it and and get back in a better mood to uh appreciate all the beautiful things that are right there you know yeah um 
So, yeah, it worked out great, man. It worked out great. Jenny cooked us fucking. The first night I was there, she cooked us chicken pot pie, dude. Mm. Oh, my God. That, I didn't think I was going to have chicken pot pie when I got to Panama. You no, know? that's not what I would expect. And then she cooked, like, teriyaki chicken one night. Damn. Oh, my gosh. Do they have chickens out there, her and Rob? There's chickens, but they don't have them right yeah. there. They got a dog named June. And, uh, dude, so it was like this crazy fucking week of celebration for, God, I forgot the name now, but, like, the local fucking goddess of okay. that town. And, dude, they're, like, walking. There's not, there's, like, 200 people that live in this little community. Mm-hmm. And they're walking the streets holding candles. Like, almost creep. No, it was creepy. Like, I looked at his front <laughs> door and I saw a mob of people with candles, like, singing some song in Spanish. And yeah. Like, almost like they were in a trance or, like, right. you, I mean, but they really are kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like. It's kind of cool. It was. It's kind of cool. It was really cool. Uh, it was interesting, yeah. You know, but they were doing that shooting off fucking fireworks every night, dude. It was uh, wild. You know, one thing that happened the last night. Oh yeah, so after the horseback ride, I'm like, dude, we need to go. I want to ride the fucking motorcycle down this trail right here. You know, yeah. That we took the horses down. Fuck. Within like 30 seconds, I break the bike again. The thing that we fixed. Yeah. You know? I'm like, fuck. So. Uh, what do we do? We go back. I get Rob back to his house. I go pick up something from my the place I'm staying down the street, this little cabin. And I'm riding down the road in between my cabin and his house. And I go by these two beautiful girls, like white, white girls, not locals, white girls on bicycles. One of them's got, like, the bicycle upside down, and I could tell they're fucking with the chain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I rode by, and I'm like, no way. I just see that. Two girls in distress, you know, in this area <laughs> I'm in, right? And I had a six-pack in my lap, so I go to Rob's. I drop the six-pack off. Or I wasn't even going to go back and help the girls out. I'm like, my bike's broken. I gotta, like, I can't be going and helping anybody else out right now. I got to fix my bike. But, like, as I get to Rob's, I'm like, did I really just see two, f- <clears throat> you know, I, I got to go. I got to go look into this real quick. I set my six-pack down as driver, and I go back, park the bike, and these girls just immediately, like, walk up to me and touchy-feely, you know? One of them's from Sweden. One of them's from Germany. <laughs> they're, there, they're there volunteering at a coffee shop on the beach. Oh, wow. And their bicycle chain fell off. And they were so excited that a cowboy from Texas showed up <laughs> to help them with their bike. I'm like... Oh, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, I fixed this bitch's bike, and I got the fuck out of there, dude. I was like, there is no way I can handle this. This is going to be nothing but trouble. This is fucking trouble. Yeah. Like, that's just, you know, that's not the story I'm trying to write right now, okay? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was just like, how is this happening? Like, how? Just go away. Just go. Shh. Shoot. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. And, uh, but anyways, uh, you know, the last night at Rob's, got all my shit together. We fucking, we got the bike, you know, kind of held back together with zip ties and shit. And, um, so when we fixed it the first time, we thought we'd pull the center stand off to like, 
have less stress on the part that was broken. But come to find out, the center stand was what was holding it all together. Mm-hmm. And when we pulled the center stand off, that JB well wasn't strong enough to hold. So put it all back together, put the center stand back on, uh, zip-tied some things in place, and uh, I took off the next day and rode to Panama City. Mm-hmm. And uh, that How ride far was, is like, that? It was about eight hours. And, Good ride. You know, once you get out of that spot, you get back to, you know, where it's just kind of flat. Yeah. Kind of like this? I mean, yeah, kind of kind of like this. No yeah. railroad track running next to you. And uh, I stopped and bought some Panama hats for my kids. Not like the Panama hats that, uh, that uh, you know, people know as a Panama hat. Yeah, like the Panama Jack hat. Yeah, those are actually made in Ecuador with palm leaves. Yeah. They're called Panama hats because, like, Eisenhower wore one in Panama. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's this farmer hat down there. Uh, there's these hats that the farmers wear. It's a little bit, it's kind of like a Panama hat, but it's not. Not the same. Mm-hmm. It, like, flips up in the back and down in the front. Uh, super sweet hats. Anyways, I bought a couple of those from the guys on the side of the road. This family was stoked, dude. They wanted to take photos with me and shit. They were excited. And, uh, you know, well, that took me fucking all day long pretty much, dude. And then I, I get, I take a little um, detour around the big city because the airport and where I'm staying at, and I'm headed to the Harley dealership to drop the bike off because I got a flight the next morning. I waited till the last day to go there. It was a Sunday. But I take this detour around the city, and, you know, there's this giant bridge that goes over the Panama Canal. And I would have thought the, the canal, when I hear or think about the Panama Canal, I think, like, you know, some bridges and gates and, like, fucking industrial walls that go through, right? Mm-hmm. Nah, dude, it's just like a fucking river they dug out through the rainforest. Mm-hmm. That's it. But anyways, I take the bridge over that, see that with my own eyes. In the city. Dude, Panama City is fucking huge. Tons of fucking sky rises. Just like people living on top of fucking people, dude. Yeah. It's insane. And uh, I go straight to my hotel by the airport, check in there, do the fucking COVID thing. And, uh, and then I go to the Harley dealership. And the Harley dealership... Is like in a strip mall. Like I really, I thought my GPS was wrong because I didn't see any fucking signs anywhere or anything. And I turned into this strip mall and I'm like, there's no way. Oh, there it is. You know, it's a fucking Harley mm-hmm. sign on the side of the wall. And uh, the owner was going to meet me there. The owner met me there at 6 o'clock. Super nice guy. Pulls up, I mean, 6 o'clock on the fucking dot. I was there early. And, uh. Immediately, we fucking hit it off, start talking, and he is not happy. About what? About Harley. He thinks I work for him at first. Oh, shit. And he's not fucking happy with Harley. Because Harley shut down all the dealerships in Central America. He's not supposed to be running those signs. He's not supposed to sell their because, shit. Because uh, it have anything to do with COVID or? Well, so in 2020, when the new, he he says that when the new CEO took over, the German guy, I think he's German, took over, he shut down all the Central Americas. He shut down like, 
I don't know, he said like 50 or 500 shops around the world. Why? Like dealerships. Because they want to tighten things up. New standards? Like yeah, new. they want to tighten. I mean, the same thing they've been doing for years, you know, yeah. like they just they want to sell less. U- well, now, from what I understand, they, w- they want to produce less units. Produce better units, less of them. Right. Uh, you know, which, you know, and everything he said that happened that he was not happy with, that he was blaming on the new CEO, happened to fall right in line with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like blaming the CEO, I think, is just a, like a little short-sighted. Uh, right. A lot of those things, I'm sure, had to do with, like, you know, people can't get anything right now. You know, like trying to supply all the fucking <coughs> Harley stores is, you know. I mean, I get both sides. Here's the deal. If you buy a new bike and you want to ride it to fucking Panama City, well, if something happens on the way there, not, there's no place that can plug into your bike and help you fix it yeah. with the computers. They just don't have the capabilities. So that seems fucked up, you know, like they couldn't help me if I wanted them to, mm-hmm. you know, short of like, you know, the basic tools that I'm right. carrying on my own anyways, you know. So that does suck. He was not happy, though. When I explained to him I didn't work w- for them, I kind of work with them, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm doing this thing on my own. Uh, anyways, he just started venting to me. And about lots of shit, dude. And then, uh, but he was super cool. I pull my bike in there. I pull the broken foot peg off and I bring it back to, uh, I bring it back with me so I can have it fixed. Yeah. Or get a replacement for it. And uh, sure enough, he wanted to like, you know, all the crash bars are all rusted for me hitting shit, hitting the truck, dropping it knocking the powder coat off he's like oh i'm gonna paint all this shit i'm gonna fix your bike i'm like whoa dude (laughs) i wanted to clean my bike before i took it there because i knew he'd want to put it on display and he wouldn't want to do it dirty but i just didn't have time and uh so sure enough the next day he's fucking cleaning it i jump on the airplane and you know i get the fuck out of there fly home left my bike with him there was no like i did i pulled the key or i pulled the main fuse and took the key with me. That way the battery wouldn't die and they couldn't. And I made sure he saw me getting like pictures of the mileage. Right. You know, just. Now he said he's got another bike there that somebody owns from the States that's been there for over a year. And the first guy I talked to wasn't the owner. He said they were going to charge me $100 a week, which, you know. To store it for yeah, you. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Uh, this guy was like, I'm going to fucking clean it and act like I got it and sold it to you. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Just yeah. make sure this motherfucker's here when I come back. So, <clears throat> yeah, pretty good. So now I got a flight book for the 7th. And I've been trying to figure out how to get the fuck to Columbia, Al. Yeah. You know, since COVID, this trip hasn't been, you know, there's not a lot of people riding motorcycles to South America. You right. know, crossing Central America is not, I mean, as you fucking have heard, yeah, it's not like the greatest idea. And uh, so there hasn't many, been many people doing it. So the resources and alleyways to get your bike from Panama to Colombia have dried up. Mm-hmm. And, you know just fucking not easy and i haven't you know there's a 
Norley did it. So there's a, you know, you can use the Yaviza Indians, and they've got boats and shit, and people do it all the time, just backpacking, you know, like. Norley uh, Itchy Boots, she did it on a fucking, with her 350, her Honda or 450 or whatever. It's just, it's a, it's a dirt bike. Yeah. She you know she just put it on like a fucking 14, 15 foot Ponga boat mm-hmm. and took it across the ocean, which is awesome. It'd be great to do. Uh, but, you know, she, they were having to like change boats out at the ocean. And then the other route I found you, the the guys like you know he's there used to be a boat called the Stallright, or maybe that's the captain's name. I think it's the boat's name, Stallright. And they this guy would take you from Panama to Colombia or Colombia to Panama, and had a great reputation. And it was kind of like the rite of passage. If you're going to make this trip, you go to the Stallright, and you know. Well, since COVID, he went back to Germany, and now he's been trying to like third party it from Germany. Yeah. Where he lines up some Indians and some boats and some logistics. And, you know, it's not as simple as a boat ride over there. Like, when you're crossing from country to country on the water, you first get hit by, like, the Coast Guard. Right. Whatever the Columbia equivalent is to the Coast yeah, Guard yeah, yeah. after you check out of Panama. Well, there's been a couple of, you know, experiences that people have had with this new system where, like, they get over there and then the Colombian Coast Guards don't let them in. So then. You pay the Colombian Coast Guards to go get a ponga boat from there, and then, you know, they're moving your bike from one boat to another out in the middle of the fucking ocean. Oh shit! By hand, you know, like, yeah, this uh, all. I mean, it would the story would be so much romantic to tell, right? You know, putting my bike on a boat, going to the San Blas Islands, and you know, staying a night, or going to Capragina and staying with the Indians and. You know, to a town that's only accessible by boat, you right. know. But here's the deal. I'm going to have fun in Colombia. You know, like, I just want to get there. You know, like, right. I'm not trying to ride through the Darien Gap. I'm not trying to, like, chance my fucking 600-pound bike falling in the ocean as we transfer from one boat to another. I don't speak good enough Spanish to, like, finagle these things out you know it's enough to have all this pressure crossing borders on land yeah you know like it's right. that's one thing you get out there on the fucking ocean oh, and, fuck. and there's nothing but the mainly the people that are out there are running drugs humans and guns yeah like like even the people doing legitimate work down there are only doing legitimate work on the side you know, like there's there's stories I've read of people like, you know, just taking a boat ride to go from Panama to Colombia. You know, and the fucking guy's main gig is drugs, and they're like, you know, he picks up the humans to do something legitimate for the Coast Guard, and and then all of a sudden he gets a call, and he's like, all right, well, you guys got to get off here. Yeah. You know, like. Damn it. Get off here. <laughs> you know, I'll call somebody, but I got to go. Or just not having water or food enough for everybody, you know? Right. Or like, you know, anyway, so I've been looking at other options, you know, putting on a cargo ship, which also has some, you know, the the ports are pretty difficult right now. Like, post-COVID, there's just a bunch of bullshit that they've implemented to not to speed things up from what it sounds like, but to get more money and just do more dumb shit. And so I was looking at flights, and I just couldn't. I was sending out emails and not getting anything. 
And then I finally heard back from this uh, overland embassy. And that's what this guy specializes in. So he was like, I got to, <clears throat> if you show up on the 7th, which is when my flight is to go back, meet me at the dock. We can put your bike in a container, load it on a ship, and then send it to Cartagena, which is exactly where I want to go. I'm yeah. Like, cool. He's like, the thing is, is you're going to be without your bike for 10 to 12 days. I'm like, that's a long time. That's a long time. You know? And it costs like 475 bucks. Okay? Mm-hmm. Price, that, you know, price is legit. Right. To ship a bike. But 10 days without my bike, possibly 12 days, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to try and I'm going to look into other options. Yeah. So I, I sent out to emails to these cargo companies that fly stuff. Didn't hear anything back from anybody. Anyways, this guy, I think Alejandro is his name, with the Overland Embassy, he hits me up, asks me what I'm thinking. I tell him, I'm like, dude, you know, right now you're the last resort. I don't want to be without my bike for 10 to 12 days, uh, so I'm looking at flying it. He was like, oh, well, we have that option too. And I'm like, well, f-. he's like, yeah, you'll be without your bike for two days. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm like, well, how much does that cost? He's like, $1,000.75. And I'm like, you mean, what, $600 more? I'm like, dude, I just spent over $600 just staying alive for 10 days down here you know like just buying food and finding a place to stay like dude fucking sign me up so right now i got that set up for the 13th so i fly down there on the 7th my fucking my uh my permits on my bike for that country end on the 9th so immediately i got to go extend my travel plan or my insurance and temporary yeah. registration and then I've got to the 13th to go explore so I figured I'll ride to the end of the Panama Highway into the jungle to like you know the beginning of the Darien go into the Darien Gap yeah like literally go down to where the highway ends and then talk to some people and like you know go from there also and then go to Cologne and go to the places where I would have gone for a boat ride right. because I had to pay a $150 deposit for this ship deal or for the flight yeah but i also have like six days you know maybe i i mean i would like to cross on the water right you know if i can go to that ship if i can go to the docks and find a big boat and be like dude i'll give you a thousand dollars let's go let's sail to cartagena you mean for you and your bike yeah yeah or fuck you know i mean whatever i would pay you know, I would love to do it that way. Yeah. Not, I like not be separated from my bike. Right. So now I've got time to make that, you know, at least go look into the possibilities. You know, worst case scenario, best idea. Like maybe I find somebody to at least tell people about, you know, like, hey. Yeah. That's what we, yeah, well, this, that's what we do. We don't have anything on the Internet, but, you know, call us. We can set it up. We're booked up or I don't know. Just go look into it. Right. right. You know. So now I got time to do a little bit of exploring before I go to Cartagena. And, well, before I go back to Panama City, throw my shit on the plane. And then the, the, the bike will get shipped, and I'll fly to Bogota, which is, you know, inland quite a bit. So from there, I'll go. I'll ride back up to Cartagena, and there's, like, two valleys 
through Colombia, the Bogota Valley and the Medellin Valley. So from Bogota, there's a sick fucking road. I mean, there's a couple ways to do it. There's a road that goes from valley to valley that's really gnarly. It's like one of the five roads I got picked out I want to ride in South America. So I may go up and around. to Car- I want to go to Cartagena because that's where the Panama Highway starts technically. Like that's the, you know. I want to do the whole Pan America Highway in South America. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure I'll miss sections. You know, I'll get, I'll get on my own detours. But I at least want to start in Cartagena. So start at the beginning and end at the end, right? Yeah. Hey, this would be good if I roll this down a little, huh? Maybe. Yeah. I think. Yeah, as long as there's we're smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm smoking your cigarettes. Well, I mean, those are cigarettes, all right. Where are we at? Damn, I told that whole story in an hour. Did I leave anything out? What am I not telling the people? What have I told you? Is there anything that I've told you I haven't talked about on the podcast? Oh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like I've been communicating the story pretty good uh, through doing these solo shows or, like, doing the recaps like that. Yeah. This isn't a solo show, but. No, I think it's been good. You know, I've listened to a couple of them. I like them. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting just to hear you tell the story, you know? Yeah, I'd like to get better about doing it more often. You know, the thing is, is like, you know, I'm pretty big on wanting to live through these moments. Yeah. And not, you know, and like, it's crazy how engaged I am when I'm out there traveling, even solo, where it's like, minute, if I'm not on my bike, if I'm off my bike, I'm, like, engaged in some way with the surroundings. Right. You know? Yeah. Or I'm trying to, like, you know, reach back out to my family back home or, you know, check in with shit that's happening back in America. It's amazing how busy I can be out there. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited about going to Columbia. Dude, I bet. So, yeah, you still got quite a few miles to go on this trip. Yeah. I mean, you're about, what, halfway? I don't think so. No? I mean, the southern tip of South America is almost as far from the equator as Alaska is and I haven't even made it to the equator oh shit yeah yeah I got a long way to go yeah you do yeah I got a long way to go and you know I knocked out the the first six days of this trip dude oh dude you made it from Austin to Costa Rica right In, in the first six days yeah yeah. I mean, it took that's, me seven days from my house to Costa Rica. That's quick, dude. And you could have done all that on a chopper. Yeah. 
No shit. I mean, I'm not saying something, but I'm saying something. <laughs> oh, dude. And what I'm saying is if I do it again, yeah, it's going to be on my chopper or it's going to be on a bike I fucking leave there or sell. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go through the... I mean, it's it's it, it's feasible to buy a bike, take it down there and sell it and come out without much of a... You know, without having to spend near as much money. Almost pay for your trip selling the bike. Is that yeah, what you're saying? You, you could do it in a way. You could you could do it that way easily. Yeah. Well, you could be creative. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, here's the deal. I, I've been fucking, I've been, I've been treating myself right. Just like taking in as much as I can. Uh, and you could definitely do it differently. But I don't know that I'll ever do this again. Right. You know, I definitely want to go back to uh, Costa Rica. Definitely going to go back to Panama. But. Maybe just fly in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ride ride when you get there. Yeah. Fly in, ride when I get there. Dude. But you've been busy back here. I'm about taking my first chopper trip, dude. Well, you've taken it out. I've, I've taken it out. I've done I've done a couple little trips. I rode up to Altus, Oklahoma from Throckmorton. I did a guest spot up there at Anvil Tattoo. And I've done several 100-mile-plus days around my area, you know, just riding it, shaking it down. So let's talk about how this was born. So... You, I mean, as many miles as you've done with me and other people on choppers, yeah, on shovel heads, yeah, you yeah. never had. Even when I would try and work you up, there was never much. You never had any desire to do that. You know, you were, I really, you were really happy with white lightning. I, I was content on my Sportster, my 2005 rubber-mounted Sportster. Uh, you know, I've been riding it since 2013, riding the fuck out of that thing. And, no, I was content with it. You know, the choppers I've always thought are cool as fuck. I've actually learned quite a bit about it, them on the side of the road with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've paid attention a little bit. But, no, I was completely content with my Sportster, you know. The shit talking about me riding a girl bike and all that. I don't give a fuck, dude, you know? I mean, because really, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm about the experience of life, yeah. you know what I mean? And you, but, can get it, you can get it on a fucking rubber-mounted sports truck. Yeah, totally. Girls' bikes will take you there. Yeah, totally, dude. But now, <laughs> now that I have a fucking shovel head, now you know where all the shit talking comes from. That I built with with a lot of help from my good friends. And that's that's one of the most beautiful parts about it. Yeah, it is. It totally is. You know, because I've seen when I when I first bought this shovel head, just seeing my friends when they hear about it, I'm talking about it, they're like, oh, I've got a stack of shovel head parts. You need to come by my house. Like I've got this, I've got that, I want to be a part of this. I've had several friends that genuinely really wanted to be well, a, par- a part of my job. Well, they were stoked to see you not ride a girl bike anymore. <laughs> they were just like, oh, Al's finally going to graduate to a, to a man's motorcycle. Oh, yeah, and I did. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. I did. I ripped it around this morning before you showed up. So so this all started. Uh, I mean, really, it kind of started when me and Kickstart first went to uh, Mexico. Copper Canyon? When we did the Copper Canyon trip. Yeah. You know, I had so much fun traveling with him. And, you know, Mike is just, I, I mean, he's solid fucking gold, dude. I'll, I'll never forget being in Mexico. It didn't matter if I stopped at a pile of rocks on the side of the road or if I stopped to look at the fucking the beautiful canyon in front of us. Mike was always just like, man, I'm so glad you stopped here. I'm, I'm so glad we're dude. here. Like, he was just so excited and it was so cool to like have you know up until then i'd never really done any big trips like that with other people yeah and you know a couple of the trips that i had gone on you know they were they were short where you didn't get the full experience or they maybe they weren't with the right people yeah you know or they were with people that didn't make me go oh well i really like this that makes all the difference by myself well you and i think and also Considering I have gotten all the traveling by myself out of the way, because I think that that's very important too, and I think that's something that you should do as as well as take some fucking trips into the unknown on that bike of yours. Yeah, because uh, there's nothing like that fucking that solitude of just being out there, you know. And it takes hundreds of miles to get to this point that you know to where you're just like at one. Yeah, like really, where you're just like. I don't know, man. It's like a meditative state that's in tune with this fucking motor that you've that you've tuned up to this state. Yeah. And, and uh, man. But, yeah, so doing a lot of that over the past couple of years and then riding with Mike, you know, that was awesome. I started after that trip with Mike. I was like, okay, this next year I want to go out of my way to go ride with people. Yeah. So that that year I did the first big trip was with the Haints on the way to Daytona. Mm-hmm. I rode to Birmingham, hooked up with those guys, and going to fucking Daytona with all those dudes. <clears throat> it was so sick. I mean, it was like, fuck, this is this is something else. Like this is, you know, it was awesome. It was so fucking awesome. And then after that, uh, fuck, I don't remember what I did after that. Well, you did the Lolo run. But the Lolo one was not too long after that. Right. And, you know, that there was a lot. <clears throat> that was a different way of traveling. You know, and that was, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Luke. You know, he planned all this shit out. I mean, it seemed like, oh, wait, hold on. we got to go back even further than Mike. Because the trip to Nepal, riding right. around with those guys was really another eye-opening experience like hey having everything planned out ahead of time is you know pretty fucking legit you Mm -hmm. know like not having to worry about where you're going to eat or what you where you're going to stay uh dude you can just take in all this other shit so yeah do the low low run that was epic uh riding a bunch of choppers through the fucking mountains of Montana and Idaho. I mean, that was so fucking rad. And I got back from that trip, and Kickstart Mike was like, dude, you got to plan a trip. You got to do a trip like that, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, nah, you know, I just don't want to. I don't want to be the one to say that you can go or you can't go. Right. And if I put it out there on the platform I have, it could be a shit show. You know, I think that these trips have a lot to do with, you know, 
going with the right people. I you know, agree. The people that, people fit, that have the, the right attitude. The, yeah, yeah. Not maybe not the right attitude, but a, a, a compatible attitude. You know, yeah, like, right. Somebody that may not be right for our trip could be right for or would be right for another trip. Right. You know, like there's a well, lot of factors. Well, so, you like, know what I love. I, I want to say about Kickstart Mike. What I, he's one of my favorite people to spend time with. And one thing I love about Mike, Mike's, what, 70 years old. Yeah. He's so excited about life, about everything, you know, so interested in life. And that's, dude, that's inspiring to me, you yeah, know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so he was telling me to put something like this together, and I'm like, okay. You know. Mike can only ask me to do this for so much longer before he's just not going to be around to ask me to do this. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to do this. And since we call him Kickstart Mike, I'm like, all right, so that could be a deciding factor. We'll do a kickstart trip, you know, like to try and limit the amount of people that wind up going with us. And uh, so then he was like, well, fuck, how about we just do generators only? You know, 60, <laughs> you know, pre 69. And I'm like, well, Mike, I mean, find the people that can travel for a week and have a fucking general, you know, like we're now we're like, it's just going to be me and you, Mike, yeah, you know, right. like I don't, there's not a whole lot of people that we can get on board with this, you know? And, uh, so we, so I got him to kickstart and, uh, you know, and I didn't advertise this trip on the show. This was just like, you know, I want to say invite only, but it was like, I'm just going to call people, you know? And really, I never, you know, I had intended to make a list with Mike and then reach out to all these people and, you know, put more energy and effort into inviting people to go on this trip. Yeah. What turned into that or what that turned into was just like as I would talk to people that had a kickstart motorcycle, you know, throughout everything else I've got going on, I would invite them. Yeah. And, you know, I invited people from all over the country and not whoa that was sick um not all of them were able to make it right but along the way you know fucking al finds out that me and mike are planning the trip you know and another i want to talk about where we were deciding on you know when and where to do this yeah there's a lot of places to do a bunch of good writing and uh, i wanted to do a place that i was kind of familiar with uh where i could curate a beautiful path and I narrowed it down to uh, New, like New Mexico, Colorado area or uh, Arkansas mm-hmm. Missouri area which I didn't know as well but I also know that there is you know there's a bunch of beautiful stuff out there and then I started thinking about Memorial Day Rally in Red River I'm like oh that'd be a great place to start from or end at and uh and that's where we're at. I decided to do a loop up from Mexico or New Mexico, uh, the Million Dollar Highway to Black Rock Canyon, over to Moab, down to Mexican At, and back to uh, Red River. Nice. And uh, once we decided on that, we picked a time. You know, that's when we started the, the our story or our idea started leaking out. And then you found out. Well, as soon as you guys mentioned it, yeah, I don't know if I expressed it vocally but instantly I made a commitment to myself and I told my wife I told Lulu I was like well now I have to build a kickstart chopper like 
did I really have the means to do it? I mean, logically, no. But obviously, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the if money want, wasn't in the bank, but you have no, the capability. Exactly. And, and you, the means are there. And it was a full-on fucking mission. You now, know? were you were you as excited about doing it? I mean, because you weren't, you know, you were never still, stoked about having a shovel dude, head. Dude, no, was I it, still was it almost like a burden? Like, well, well fuck, I got to do this because I want to go ride with these guys. I or? mean, I don't know if I would say it was a burden, but it was definitely not. I'm building a chopper because I want a chopper. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was. I'm building a chopper because I'm not missing this trip. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like, we don't, and it, I, it wasn't about where we're going. Was we, this we before decided. or after? The, this was after the Mexico trip. Yeah, because that was the next trip. Yeah. The Desperado run. So I did yeah. the Haints. Then we did That's the Desperado right. run. Mm-hmm. And then the Lolo run. So, af- yeah, and after the Desperado run, you know, that was just fucking incredible, dude. Wasn't I it? mean, incredible trip. And I'm like, you know, if I can help it, I'm not going to miss any more trips like this with my friends. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not missing this fucking trip with Mike. Yeah, for you know, a I'm simple just, fucking girl bike that I've got. You know, yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I, well, you know, and I started thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll just fucking add a kicker onto this bike. You know, and I, and I had lots of ideas of what kind of chopper I was going to do. Am I just going to do a fucking Sportster chopper and you know add a kickstart to it, or which I don't even know if that would have passed Mike's fucking stipulations or not. Yeah. But you know, after giving it some thought, I'm like, no, I just need to do a shovel head. You know. Need to do a shovel head. And, um, you know, I think I started fucking just working and putting money back for a donor bike. And um, and also I went up to J.P. Rodman's, you know, for like a oh, yeah. month or a month and a half last July. And, you know, instantly when I got up there, he just put me on this 79 shovel head. And he's like, fucking hardtail that thing, you know, and just turned me loose on that. And I hardtail that, and we start working on another trike. But I got a little training there and a little, really more than anything, just I got comfortable. Confidence. I got confidence with I can hack shit up and I can put it back together and make it look cool and go down the road. Yeah. You know, and I knew really I knew from the start that I didn't really I didn't really want to build a hardtail chopper for myself. I like I've always liked the look of swing arm choppers, you know, and and that's just the route that I wanted to go. So that's what I did. You know, it took me I think it was we picked up the bike at the <coughs> Southern Throwdown. It was. So that was November. October, October, October. You know, I um I put out some feelers. I was watching Chopper Swapper and this and that. I put out some feelers, called a few people. Brooks Blanton in Canton was one of the guys I called. And I think at that point, I had like four grand in my, you know, put back for this thing. And um, he had a 73. And he sent me some pictures of it, you know. And, I mean, it didn't look great, but... I felt good about it. He had a 73. He wanted, I mean, and really, there wasn't, you weren't looking for anything specifically except for a shovel head with a Kickstarter on it, mainly because that was going to be in the right price range. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but also a runner, too. Right. I remember we weren't looking for something that needed motor work. We exactly. wanted something that would run to where you could just build everything around it 
and go. Exactly. So, you know, I made that deal, um, made that deal with Brooks, and we were out at Southern Throwdown. I remember maybe one morning we're out there, and it starts pouring rain. We're sitting under the tent, you know, the canopy, drinking coffee, and I think you had asked me if Brooks was going to bring the bike out, and I was like, no, I'm just going to get after it. He's like, fuck it, let's go. You're like, fuck it, let's go pick it up right now. <laughs> so we left Yellow Rose Canyon in your truck. With a trailer, me as me, you and Kickstart Mike. Yeah, we and grab a Kickstart's trailer. Yeah, okay, we got Kickstart's trailer, and the three of us headed out, and uh, I think we stopped and got some tacos along the way. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got to Brooks' shop, and I think him and his guys were, like, scrambling to put a front end on that bike. Oh, yeah, they were taking all the cool shit off and putting <laughs> yeah. all the bullshit on. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> totally. <laughs> And this bike, I i mean, when I saw it, I'm like, fuck, I just bought a piece of shit. Oh, it was in so I mean, much worse shape than like, we thought it was going to be. I was like, man. What did he say? Whoever owned this bike really loved yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, you know, I could tell whoever had this, he, he really loved it. And I still don't know what the hell Brooks well, he meant by that. He was talking about that guy loved that bike like he loved his <laughs> meth addiction. Yeah, it was, you know, I got it back. I got it back to my shop in Throckmorton, and, like, the first day, fucking tore it down completely. Well, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Go back to firing it up. You're right. Because that right. was the first thing we did. Yeah, so we get it back to Yellow Rose Canyon, get it off the trailer. Uh, you grabbed a battery off of something, and uh, we hot Off my chopper. Okay, you pull the battery off your chopper. I think we used uh, a little Born Loss Roach clip. Yeah. What a, what a fucking... A kill switch? Yeah. And, uh, dude, and I go to look at the points, and there's like a fucking sheetrock screw with oh electric tape dude. around Yeah, let, don't get me started like, on this oh shit. Oh, my God. I don't know, Al. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I lifted the points, and there was fire there. I'm like, I mean... I mean, dude. I'm not going to lie. At this point, I was thinking, did I fuck up? And there's a super B that looked like it like just had fucking... Uh, like tarnish all over and it. And it had some kind of hand pump on it. Oh, yeah. It had like a fucking, like you see on a fucking <laughs> a hand a boat. Squeeze. It's got its own primer. Yeah. I guess because the guy had trouble firing it up without the fucking it was accelerator awful. pump. It was a built-in accelerator pump. So everything on it, dude. I mean, it was just slapped together. But anyway, we did, um, we did finally get it to fire. We got it to fire, and we just ran it for a few minutes. We're like, okay, it oh, runs. Oh, no, we ran it, and everybody was stoked because after about, you know, 15 kicks, yeah. I think Kirk finally came over and gave us a couple pointers. Yeah. Kirk came over and said something, and it fired up shortly after that. He was like, fucking choke it with your hand. or I can't remember what he said. Right. Yeah, I think that was it. Like, put, put your hand over the fucking carburetor or whatever. But yeah, we fired it up and it ran, and goddamn, that was a glorious fucking yeah, feeling, dude, yeah. to hear that thing run. And it wasn't so at blowing that point, smoke or nothing. Exactly. So at that point is when I'm like, okay, I fucking, I did the right thing. Yeah, we like, got, we got a runner. I didn't fuck up. So, well, I think uh, so. I I rode back, you know, and you you took my bike in your trailer. You took it to your house and maybe brought it out to me. Remember all the dumb shit my bike was doing on the way back. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know what was going on with it. Oh, remember it. I dumped it in that mud puddle? You did. Out on the fucking, oh uh, out God. on the flat track at Yellow Rose, dude. God, you just dude. fucking. No, that's right. That's why my bike was running like shit. Did, you just cleaned the mud out of your clutch yesterday, didn't you? The second, I, I mean, I did it since then. <laughs> okay. But I had to do it again yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, so then you brought it out to me. Brought the bike out. I think that brought a did. couple front ends. Yeah, you brought Got me that some front parts. end from Justin Kelly. Did we ever give that back to him? Which is that the wide glide? Yeah, the wide glide. It's, with it's the at th- my shop. Okay. Yeah, that's at my shop. Um, yeah, I think you gave me some of Randall's parts you had in your shop. That Invader wheel and uh, an oil tank. Some stuff I ended up not using. I had gotten this big uh, this Springer front end. Oh, from JP. From JP when I was up there working with him. And, um, you know, I was planning on running that, but fucking Kickstart Mike ended up bringing me a, a narrow glide that he had recent re- recently rebuilt, had shaved lowers, and, uh, you know, the lowers were fucking powder-coated oh, black. Oh, but before we even get there, <clears throat> you got to go back a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you had a couple of frame options. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a... It was a relatively stock frame to begin with, swing arm frame. Now, it might have had weird shit welded all over it and shit that had been broke off and welded back on. Definitely some broken bolts and some fucking... Get that mic in a little bit closer. Some broken bolts and some fucking uh, dirt dauber nest welding. Yeah, it was all fucked up. You know, that when I first started tearing the bike down, and I'm finding all this shit that is just... Like, this guy, I guess, even though he loved this bike, he didn't know how to do fucking anything. You know? Not even sharpen a pencil. Oh, my God. It was so fucked up. I mean, I I had to extract so many bolts and cut off shitty welds. Which is great. A great learning experience. And it gets your hands all over the whole fucking thing. Right. But I told myself, as as I'm cussing this thing, taking it apart, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything on this bike that is half-ass. Like, I'm not building a show bike. I'm not building anything to impress anyone. But nothing that I do on this bike is going to be half-ass. You know? And, you know, I really, I think I accomplished that. I don't. No? I think you got real close. (laughs) The only thing I'm, the only thing you've, I mean, I wouldn't say half-ass. You just did what you had to do. It was like. Uh, Central America perfect is that fucking timing setup. Oh, yeah. The fucking plate, the plate holes. Well, okay, so <laughs> I do, I do, I need, uh, if anyone's listening and has, I do need a nose cone for this shovel. Yeah. For this 73 shovel. You, you did as good as you could with what you had to start off with. Yeah, so like you mentioned, let me tell you the setup. For the fucking points and condenser. Because the way this guy that loved this bike so much had it set up. The timing plate. The timing plate. So you got the two little standoff bolts that hold the timing plate in. And then they're threaded and your your timing covered. And they don't just hold it in. They hold the timing plate in place. In time. Exactly. For the thing to run. And that's why I still, it blows my mind that this thing was even running. That's why I can't get behind the full... 
non-half-ass thing because that's a pretty critical point there. But I mean, you tell, know. Them, tell them what you did. Tell okay. them because it's well, going to work. I'm going to tell you how it started out, okay. how this guy had it done. Both bolts were broken off. So the one on the left side when you're looking at it was just broken off flush, okay? No problem. I've extracted fucking 20 bolts out of this bike already. We'll extract one more, you know? So I extract that one. That's fine. On the other side, this guy had already bro- he had broken the other bolt off and started drilling it out with a drill bit that was way too big. And the way the timing plate was held in there was with a sheetrock screw, as you said. A sheetrock screw with fucking duct tape wrapped around it, and it's just shoved into this hole. I don't... It blows my mind that it even that it worked at all. I don't. There's that no day. way he was riding this thing. That it ran that one. I just day. can't believe it. So anyway, you know, on the left side. You th- hey, do you think Brooks did that? I don't think so. You think dude. Brooks did that? I don't think so. I mean, I maybe. Hope but I hope not. I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> I hope he hears this. I I don't. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, like I like to think, to think more of the guy myself. Definitely. So, you know, I fucking, you know, I got some new bolts. You gave me a couple of new bolts for that. And what I had to do, you know, left side's fine. What I had to do on the right side, because the hole, you know, the hole wasn't right. I I had to drill it deeper, thread it, and then because it was drilled out too big, I took the bolt, the standoff bolt, and I cut the threads off of it. And I welded some threads from a bigger bolt, and I threaded that hole for that, you know? And it's not exactly straight. So then straight. you had to drill out the timing plate. Had to drill out the timing because plate. Because the slots in the timing exactly, plate are too small. Exactly. Had to, like, waller those out a little bit. And, you know, it's working pretty fucking good. I do, I need to replace the nose cone, no doubt about it. And that's something I'll do after this trip. Um, but honestly, dude, since we fucking put it together, I've been having so much fun riding it. You know how it is, dude. I don't want to fucking take anything off of it. <laughs> I mean. Not unless it's not working. Yeah, exactly. And all I've done since since we got it going, all I've done really is... Um, is fucking rejet the carb, you know? So let's talk about the process, because I know, I mean, you bought some shit from Lowbrow. You built some yep. shit that yep. just is in a scrap pile now. You know I mean? That's just part of it. Like, yep. spending a lot of time on something that you end up just hating. And not yeah. even hating, you're just like... It's just like, this isn't fucking, it. Fucking, that was a lot and, of waste of and time. And, you know, I got to tell you, though, I never fucking... That never bothered me one bit. Yeah, I don't feel like I wasted any time. Okay. I don't feel like I wasted anything. Yeah. You know, that never bothered me. So I um, I got back from from uh, JP's and, you know, I'd been out there doing all this metal work and definitely had some influence from JP's shit when I came back, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to build this tailpiece, you know, kind of like a crazy Frank style or whatever. So I started building this tailpiece, and I fucking spent, you know, a few weeks on it. I spent a lot of hours burning the candle at both ends and got it done, got it fucking bondoed, got it in the primer, put it together, and, 
you know, really, you know, you mentioned some things to me, asked me some questions about it. And I was kind of at this point, I was kind of like, I'm looking at it going, man, this thing just isn't going to, it isn't that practical. But I was in denial about it too. You know how you just yeah, deni- it's done. Just like, deny you just spend shit. Spend all that time on yeah, it. Yeah, like, like yeah, exactly. Is, no, I was this like, is how it is. I was like, I don't know about this, but fuck it, it's done, kind of deal. And then you know you express some concern. Well, and also because you had a list of other shit that needed to get done. Exactly. So it's like, that may not be perfect. I'll redo it later on. And but. that's exactly what I told you. Yeah, I'll you know, and and you pointed out the fact that. Yeah, if you're already talking about redoing it. Yeah. You know, and then once you get you're not gonna want to redo it exactly. once everything else is done. And that's and I'm talking to Gary too in Ohio and he's saying the same thing. Yeah. You know, he's like, once you're riding it, dude, you're you know, I was telling him I was thinking about putting it together without painting it. And he's like, Well, you might as well mask off a design on it and ride it all summer and pull the tape off and let the rust be your design because once you fucking start riding it, you're not gonna want to take it apart. But, you know, then fucking Mike comes out. You know, Mike comes out and sees what I'm doing, and he's like, fuck, Mike wants to get his hands in it. He wants to help me out. So he comes out, and Mike shows up with a truck full of tools, a folding table, fucking bolt bins, It'd have been easier to take the bike up there. (laughs) Seriously. So he comes in and just sets up shop. He brings some, uh, some steel fucking you know some bar and shit and and we twist up some pegs that's how we start out he's like he's showing me how to twist this bar he's showing me his process you know and like the first piece he's like running the torch and i'm twisting and he's talking me through it and then we get in a groove dude and we make we make my foot pegs we make the pegs for my fucking foot clutch and my brake we make uh, a linkage for my foot clutch, and we made just one little barf that I could use for building a shifter, right? And Mike, Mike leaves, and uh, all that shit's cool. And then I'm like, "Fuck!" No, I remember, I showed up. Yeah, I showed up. Yeah, and we're working on the, like I'm looking at all the like the uh, the drivetrain part of you know, looking at the clutch and the brake and. Yeah. Pretty much taking all your shit apart and telling you it ain't going to work. Yeah. You're like, God damn it, my list was not this big before you showed up. And then and then Joe comes over, and he looks oh, at God. it and goes, uh, hey, guys, what, what's going on here? And he points out that the front end, I mean, it looks like the whole thing's bent, like, fucking four inches. Yeah, you know? it's just kicked the over. The springer's kicked over so far, it's like, how in the fuck did we miss this? Yeah, exactly. Like, how can this be a thing? And Joe over there, you know, fucking who who nothing nothing he makes has to be straight. No, you know, not a fucking thing over there has got to like fit in a fucking right square. Right, like, nothing. He's like, hey guys, look at this. And we, I mean, what what did we do after that? I oh yeah, remember. that was when we were having band practice. Yeah, at the shop. Yeah, so then um, actually you were like, you were like, all right, let's pull this front end off, see what's going on. I'm like, no, dude, it's dinner time. We got to get to the house. Lulu's making dinner. So we do that. The next day I go in and I figure out finally that there's really nothing wrong with the front end. Did you see that dead horse? No. There's a dead horse laying on the side of the road. 
What the fuck? Like, no, it was in a parking spot at the fucking... What the fuck? I don't know, dude. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so... So, yeah, I pull the front end off, and I'm fucking with it, and I realize that my neck cups are not staying in the neck. So my neck is, like, egged out. It's, like, wallered out. I guess that happens from someone running a a front end that's loose for a long time or something. I don't know. Wheelies. But so I'm like, okay, well, this neck is fucked. You know, I started looking on the Internet, and I see that you can, you know, you can, like, hammer the sides of the cups and shit like that. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to fucking do that. I'm half-assing nothing here. So... You know, I uh, I decide, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to buy a neck. I'm going to fucking go to JP's, which isn't like a short drive, but it's not really a long drive. You know, it's like seven hours. I'm going to go up to JP's, put it on his fucking jig, and I'm going to put a new neck on it. And while I'm at it, maybe I'll rake it out a little bit, you know. Well, my buddy Matt Grissom builds chop- choppers out here in Lubbock. He's got... Uh, you know, Black Door Studio Tattoo Shop. I go out there and tattoo with these guys all the time. He builds choppers, Matt's chops, builds some cool shit. And he's like, he calls me up out of the blue. He's like, dude, I got a fucking artist leaving, shops picking up. When are you going to come out and work with us again? So I start telling him, well, I'm fucking got chopper problems, man. Here's what I've got going on, you know. I'd and, love uh, to, but I got some priorities. <laughs> And so he's like, I tell him what I'm thinking, and he's like, dude, you don't have to go all the way to JP's. You know, fucking Lubbock is only three hours from me. He's like, I got a fucking frame jig now in my shop. Like, just come over here, we'll fix it. And then he's like, wait a minute. I've got a shovel head frame out in my shop right now, you know? Perfect. So this is Monday morning. We're on the phone, and I'm like, can I come get that motherfucker right now? Because... I mean, I'm on a mission. At this point, you know, my goal is to finish this thing for Fandango. That's right. So that's going to be the shakedown, you know. So I go out there. Pick, you know, I didn't ask any questions about a price or anything. I'm just like, I'm coming to get it. I don't give a fuck, you know, what it's going to cost me. I get there. We bullshit for a minute. I'm like, okay, what do you want for this? 250 bucks, you know. Fuck yeah. Bitching. So... I take it home and uh, put it together, you know. And Mike had br- had brought me this, uh, like I said, this front end. <coughs> he said, he said he was going to loan it to me. Of course, I told him recently. I was like, okay, Mike, bike looks good, right? Now, what do you want for that front end? Because it's not coming off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not a loaner. I was like, we're going to have to make a deal. Yeah. And uh, balls in your court because yeah, for that uh, this front end's mine. What do you want for yeah. it? You know, so you know. Um, after that, dude. Well, I after I had the the twisted the stuff that me and Mike made the controls, and I made the shifter and shit like that. I was like, okay, I'm gonna fucking you know make a new tailpiece, and it like I wanted the, all this shit to be twisted now. You know, so I bought some uh, I bought some fender struts from BNC Cycles, which are fucking sick. I bought these struts and then I twisted and bent a sissy bar 
you know, welded all that shit up with some gussets and uh, made a new tailpiece that makes a lot more sense for packing a lot. You know, it's easier to pack more gear on. And, um, yeah, it's a lot more practical and it looks tough as fuck. You yeah, know? it does. Um, yeah, and I hadn't seen it until... So me and Nick came out before the Fandango. Yeah, like just a couple of days before Fandango. And uh, you had you had gotten your tanks paint, your tins painted. You had gotten my tins painted. Yeah, our buddy. So I was picking up that shit or dropping it off, or I guess I was dropping it off at that point, right? Yeah. And yeah, you're the dropping goal off. was to get the bike ready to go to Fandango. That's right. And we fucking, I feel like we did about three weeks worth of work in about Dude, a day. It was amazing. I mean, what you and All Nick. All the small stuff. What you and Nick Huff got done. And most of the day, I was back and forth between the two hardware stores. It's hard town. keeping people busy. You know? I mean, I'm just like running back and forth to the hardware stores, getting shit and. Every time I come back, you guys are just killing it, dude. Just knocking out tasks, you know? Well, it's all, and I, I kept telling you, like, once you get close to the end, the end gets further away. Right. You know, like, it's like, yeah. you look like, when you step back and look at it, you're like, oh, dude, this Looks fucker's like going down the road tomorrow. Yeah. But, yeah, no. No, that means you got, you guys still got a lot to do. Right. It's just all the small stuff, especially something like that that was, probably never well put together you know it'd been a it wasn't well put together before that so all the little and those small things like the wheel spacers you know the brake bracketry you know like all that shit's very important for it going down the road for a long time yeah and you know that shit was all so close but yet it just wasn't there right yeah you guys fucking killed it i mean so you and nick were there all of that day and then nick realized that he that he had band practice that night in like an hour and he was fucking three hours away from home or something so he takes off you stayed the night had dinner with me and lulu and uh you had shit to do as always so you had to leave by noon yeah the next day and we got it fired up right around noon i was starting to think that wasn't gonna happen too yeah because i don't remember what we i guess we got the timing Maybe it was the carburetor. Didn't we, like, fucking pull it, the carburetor off? and? Yeah, and we just, we you know, we had an intake leak was the problem. Oh, the intake. That's, that's what, what it was. was. So we had gotten, I had used the, uh, the F&A Customs, like, tight seal yep. kit, which is fucking awesome. But, you know, it just, it just, basically after you left, I just had to take the carburetor off and just take my time and set yeah we got it running sprayed something in there and we knew that it was sucking air there's an intake leak and i'm like dan it's noon you gotta go yeah get the fuck out of here and i think within an hour i was sending you a video of it running you know i just had to pull the carb off just reset that fucking intake seal you know get it just right and then i was riding it that day so the next day we're heading to Fandango. Uh, you, I think you and Nick maybe left your house, and I was going to meet Me, you guys Nick down and in Booger and fuck somebody else. I thought 
Oh, one of the, yeah, some other kid, the kid that went down. Okay, yeah. So I was gonna leave Throck. I left Throckmorton. I'm gonna meet you guys in Brownwood, and we're gonna ride down to Fandango. Well, bike's running great, dude. Life is good. I make it about 40 miles, and then fucking, you know, bike dies on me. And I know instantly. Oh, I yeah. know instantly. Oh, yeah. I know what's going on. And I got to tell you, I pushed my bike for like two miles. A lot of it was uphill. I was sweating. And every time I would stop because I was out of breath, I would just stand back and look at that bike and smile. I mean, <laughs> I was never, I mean, I swear, there, like, there had to be a little disappointment in there that I'm not going to have my bike at Fandango, but I just don't, I just wasn't feeling it. Like any disappointment. I was so stoked about this bike because I knew that all I had to do was put a new charging system in it. Yeah. Which someone, Danger Dan, told me to check before I ever left. You told me to check and make sure the charging system was working because we had pulled, you know, we had looked at the stator and guess what? The stator didn't look good. You remember that? It yeah. really didn't look good. I mean, it didn't look, there was nothing, yeah. Nothing looked good on the bike, yeah. but it looked like it could have worked. <laughs> yeah. But it was definitely worthy of checking. So I didn't check it, and, uh, you know, I pushed my bike back into Albany. I just fucking hung out there for a while, like went to the fucking, you know, went to the soda fountain and got me some coffee. It did just like, I mean, really just kind of enjoyed a couple of hours walking around Albany, Texas. Now, because Lulu was having a chopper. At that yeah. point, you're like, things are a little different once you got a chopper, dude. Yeah, man. So, you know, Lulu was tattooing back in Throckmorton at our studio. So I was just kind of waiting, you know, waiting for her to get done so she could bring the van over. And she did. She came over. We loaded the chopper in the van, took it back home. I fucking jumped on the bagger the next morning and went to Fandango. Had a blast at Fandango. But, and while I was at Fandango... You know, Rob, fucking Dr. Chopper, Gas Hole Garage, who had given me some parts for this bike already, he was like, I got a fucking, basically a brand new charging system for you right here. You yeah. know, and I'm like, okay, what do you want for it? Nothing. I want a part of this. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm, it's just one of those things. Like, I'm stoked that you are building a chopper. And here, take this. Has he seen it yet? No. Oh, sick. No. So... You know, as soon as I got back, I put that charging system on, and I've been ripping that fucker around ever since, you know? Like I said, I was, I rode it, uh, when I, I rode it out. I love how excited you are about it. Oh, my God, dude. Because, just because, I guess, your attitude about it before, you know, like, you you could care less about a shovel head, you know, like. Really, yeah. It just wasn't tickling anything. It really, and yeah. And now you're just like, oh, how could I have possibly... I was almost going to miss out on this experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like... I mean, because I could... Yeah, I could easily could have missed out on it and gone straight from the Sportster to... Yeah, the know. bagger showing up. You never yeah. would have built a fucking chopper. Yeah. Or you'd have just had something you tinkered on forever and never finished. Which is crazy that I ended up with a chopper and a bagger, like, at the same time. Yeah. Well, I definitely had no plans to get a fucking good bagger. Good things come to good people, dude. Oh, well... Well, I must be pretty fucking good, I mean, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. 
it's hard to explain that, dude. You know, the feeling of just having such, you know, the mechanical simplicity yeah. of underneath you that yet it fucking gives you so much. Dude. It's so much. It does. And, you know, I mean, I, I, okay, so I've a lot in my past I've built skate spots, you know. I raised my kids building skate spots. You know, we build renegade concrete stuff. So, like, I get how good it feels to ride something or to use something that you created. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, di- I didn't know that this fuck, that this would feel so good. You know, and riding, dude, just the chopper. Like, I- I've been riding that Sportster, which is still 600 pounds or whatever the fuck it is. Dude, the chopper's just so stripped down, so light and so nimble. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it rips in a completely different way than that Sportster. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, knowing every nut and bolt, the fact that I wired it, which I don't think I've ever wired anything, really. I mean, except for a tail light or something. But Dude, and I gave you like a brief. We had a, you know, we had a jerry rig when we got it running the first time. Yeah. Just so we could make it run the first time. Yeah. And then I gave you just simple instructions on how most people would say to never wire your chopper. Right. But that's just how I do it. And it works. Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things where like, Everything's got to be in the right place because there's no, like, fail-safes. Right. You know, like, you don't have the luxury of blowing a fuse. Exactly. You have the luxury of blowing your entire electrical side of things. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's, dude, it is an amazing feeling. I mean, I have such a connection with that machine. I mean, I had a real connection with my Sportster, but nothing like this, you know, just taking it from the ground up. And I mean, I feel like it came together like really well. I mean, there were there were a lot of nights where, you know, I was working for Joe in the sculpture shop, which may sound may sound fucking glamorous but it ain't nothing but hard ass work it you know what i mean glamorous it's over there heavy except for the nuts on that bull dude <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's heavy hard fucking work and i would do that and i would go home have dinner and shower and then go back to my shop till 10 o'clock you know what i mean there was a lot of those nights and you know a lot of it was really in the end spinning my wheels you know what i mean because like that whole first tail piece i built i didn't use it but at the same time i don't feel like any of it was for naught yeah you know what i mean i don't i it may seem like i was spinning my wheels but i don't feel like any of it was time wasted at all and uh yeah i want to build another one you know not necessarily for myself because i got one I don't need another one, but next, I mean, next winter, unless we're too busy, you know, with something else, then, you know, I, I want to help someone else get, make one happen. You know what I mean? It's fun, dude. Yeah, no, it is fun. <clears throat> but yeah, I bought a lot of, what did I buy from Lowbrow, man? I mean, here, the thing is, when I go to buy something new, Lowbrow is the first place I go. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, if for some reason I can't get it from them, 
you know, then I'm going to look at JP Cycles or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, JP Cycles and Dennis Kirk have like the fuck. I think the only thing I buy from them are primary belts. Yeah. And yeah. really, I just I start with JP, and if if they if they have it and they can ship it that day, then I go there, and then if they can't, I go to Dennis Kirk. Yeah, that's that's how I've been operating as well. You know, luckily a lot of these parts were donated. Um, like I said, Rob. You know, Rob from Gashole, he gave me a bunch of stuff that I that I ended up not using in the end. He gave me some really cool fender That's struts. why he has that stuff, because yeah. he never used it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's great stuff. Um, oh, I was able, that front wheel that came with the bike when I bought it from Brooks, luckily I was able to send that out to Mike Deuce. Oh, nice. For him to run. I didn't know anyone else in this world that would run that motherfucker on their chopper I except for Mike. I can't remember what Deuce. it was. It's like black anodized rim with, like, twisted spokes. Oh, see, I love twisted spokes, oh, dude. Oh, no, dude. I wish my chopper had twisted spokes. Oh, man. Well, Mike loves it. It looks great on his little build. And I sent him one of those. I sent him that Bates Baja that I took off right before the Desperado run. Still had some life in it. Had that little split yeah. in the tread. I sent that out to him. And those Z-bars, too. But, um, yeah, from Lowbrow, you know, I got... Fuck, dude. I bought... The first thing I bought, I think, was the, the oil tank, which is killer. It's uh oh from gas, gas box the gas box and it's you know it's made to bolt up to the to the shovel head frame swing arm frame and it's fucking great dude we did some modifications to that we did yeah uh, you pointed out you know that thing just bolts up like on the back it has a these this plate with hangers. hooks yeah, yeah like hangers that just hang over the frame I mean I could see it working. But you were looking at it, and you're like, man, these things are going to vibrate so much. You really need something a little more solid. So, uh, yeah, we welded some. I welded some bungs on it that I had also gotten from Lowbrow and um, buttoned it up nice and tight. What did you ever do with your throttle? Did, did, like, were we satisfied with the throttle, or did I just make a throttle work? Um, I mean... You did that. You made it work, and I'm satisfied with it because it works. I hope I'm satisfied with it by the end of the week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Right now, we are fixing to pass our last opportunity. For what? Parts. Well, should we go ahead and... Get, we should go ahead and get a backup for that then. I'm not stopping. No? No. Well, maybe, well, maybe JP's dude, got something. Hey, we're going to have Nick Huff around. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, perfect. You He's know? got something in that satchel. Yeah. Is it a Kickstarter? I hope Mike's got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Right as I'm uh-huh. fucking, I go through my chopper, get it all ready to go. Pull it off the lift and kick it, and the fucking Kickstarter breaks. Really? Yeah. I had one at the shop. Really? Yeah. Fuck. 
I mean, it was shitty. It was that the fucked up one that was on my bike when I bought I it. I don't want nothing to have. You nothing don't want from, anything. Nothing from that you know, original bike. So what I ended up using from yeah, that what, original the bike. The motor transmission. The motor, the transmission, and so the foot controls, I completely hacked them up and re, you know. I used what was there, but I completely hacked it up and, and re, redid yeah, it. remodeled So them. I used parts of them. And that was it, dude. I mean... That's ab- oh, and the chain. The chain was on there. Yeah, I didn't, didn't put, put a, a new I chain. I didn't put a new chain on it. No. Okay. What about the you know the wheels? The wheels? No, I didn't use either of the wheels that were on there. Um, actually, I robbed both of those wheels from Lulu's Ironhead. Okay, and then what about uh, the primary? The primary, uh, you that's, that's you gave me the plate with the plate? with the bearing, the fucking oh, bearing support plate for you, the transmission. Yeah, because it had a hacked up inner primary in there. Oh yeah, so yeah, you gave me that. Uh, Do you got a phase? Plate. Is there a phase three cover on there? Phase three cover. What is that? Uh, bolts to the motor. That's a no. No, I don't. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, the frame's different. Yeah, I mean that's seriously all that I that all that I used was the motor transmission and for thirty seven hundred bucks. Yeah. If that motor makes it through this summer. Yeah. And the title, right? Yep. Yeah, you're fucking good. I agree. You know, that, like I say, there was a little bit of time there where I was like, fuck, man, did I really make the right purchase? And I did. Yeah. I'm completely happy with it, dude. You know? And I'm fucking weird about numbers, too. You know, it's a 73. I paid 37. It's like, you know, little things like that. I'm crazy like that. You know what I mean? It just felt right. So, and it feels right now. So and it, you, I bought, um, I did buy a tire. I bought a fucking Avon Speedmaster for the front. You gave me an Avon Speedmaster for the rear. What? Not a Speedmaster. Not a Speedmaster. You gave me an Avon for the rear. What did I? What do they call that one? That's what I used to run. I don't know what it's called. It, MK Ultra. MK2 uh, or something. It's got some... Uh, it's an MK Ultra. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's an Avon. Yeah, those, that's a good tire combination. Yeah. yeah. I love it, dude. Looks good. Feels good. I've been riding the fuck out of dirt roads around Throckmorton on that thing. Well, I have a feeling that once we get to Moab, we're going to be on some some sand roads yeah sand and rock I'm, I'm gonna wish i had my fucking bajas on there well you know when you follow me around you're gonna wish you were just on a dual sport uh, this ain't my first rodeo i know <laughs> i remember one time riding back from red river solo i'd been up there hanging out with you and katie and we were fucking doing mountain trails and all kinds of shit and then uh, 
you know, I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere in New Mexico and my exhaust is falling off, I notice. And I started looking around, everything is falling off of my fucking bike. I had to spend an hour just fucking tightening shit back up after all the trail riding. Well, you know, I mean, this is where I took my chopper when I first got it. It wasn't even, like, I got it. I didn't do anything to it except for put a foot clutch on it. Yeah. And then fucking rode it to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even make it this far before I broke my primary belt. Yeah. And I was out. Yeah, you didn't have a backup. No, I didn't. Fuck, I never had a primary belt before. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know. So we throw it in the tra- truck because we, we, we were hauling cabinets up there. So we threw it in the truck with the cabinets. Went up there. Amos hooked me up with a uh, belt over there at uh, the Flying Pig. And, uh, dude, I rode the fucking dog piss out of it. And I followed, you know, Tyler and those guys off into the mountains, dude. Fuck. I beat the dog fuck out of that bike, dude. The whole thing fucking damn near broke into half on my way back to Red River after riding around the circle with those guys and camping in the woods. And then that's when I fucking threw it in the truck, drove it home, and built it. You know, but what I guess what I'm saying is like that first trip, I was like, this motherfucker, it might be rigid, but it's gonna, it's going like, I gotta build it to handle New Mexico. Yeah, exactly. You know, so right out of the gate, you know, everything I did was to like, Knowing that it was going to be going off road. Mm-hmm. That's a new restaurant. Casa Jalisco. But yeah, what about that one year we rode up? Memorial Day weekend. Hit that motherfucking snowstorm. Oh, shit. Stayed dude. in uh, Cimarron over at Zia's place. Yeah, you kicked your fucking motorcycle about. I don't know, 50 times that All morning. the snow within 30 yards around me was melted. Yeah. <laughs> and not from the heat of the motorcycle. <clears throat> yeah, that was a trip, dude. <clears throat> Crossing Bobcat Pass. So before we got, just going down Cimarron Canyon, it was like the most beautiful scenery ever. Yeah. I just kept just being in disbelief that i was on a motorcycle yeah. you know like yeah we are on motorcycles and the only thing that's not covered in snow is the road at this point yeah and then it started snowing and uh we get through fucking cimarron we get to that little gas station in eagle's nest and what we stood there for like an hour and a half i think we drank four, four of those little fucking eight ounce cups of coffee yeah. each trying to warm our fingers up. We finally got them warmed up. And I knew that the next part was going to be like, I mean, that was going to be the cold part. Yeah. I didn't know that it was going to be as bad as it was. As icy as it was. And we took off, and I'll just never remember, never forget going through that valley, leaving the Dude. lake. It just so much snow everywhere. The air was crystal clear at that point. Because before that, it was pretty like, you know, uh, like foggy almost, you know, the, the visibility wasn't good. But when we left that gas station, you could see so far. Yeah. And there was so much snow. And I fucking, I just had to pull my phone out, you know. 
I just had to film that shit. I pulled that fucking foam out and immediately lost feeling in all my fucking yeah. fingers on that hand. <laughs> and then we just start climbing and climbing and climbing. It's snowing and snowing. The road now is so cold that it's sticking to the road. And like, you know, and, but it's almost kind of like melting too. It's just like this slush of ice on the fucking road that we're riding. And, and my uh, my rear brake wasn't really working. Dude, it was so sketchy. Damn, look at that three-wheeler. He had a big red in the back of that truck. Damn it. And then we get to the top of Bobcat Pass. It's gnarly as fuck. And I'll never yeah. forget going down that, that fucking pass into Red Dude. River. And, like, trying to look behind me to see if you were there. And you kept being further and further yeah, away. Yeah, because I had no rear brake. Away. And I'm like... And then I get to a point where I can't see you, and I was like, man, I want to go. I, I want to see if you're okay, but I, if I turn around right now, I'm probably just going to go down. Like, yeah. there's not a, you know. Yeah, you just need to keep going. Oh, yeah, I had to get to the bottom to make a decision. So I get to the bottom, I'm like, all right, I got to find somebody to drive me up there. I'll just park my bike down here. Yeah. And then sure enough, here you come out. I'm like, oh, sick. He's there. And, dude, the, the when the frame rails... I've got ice on them. My fucking, you know, my half shield or my, the bubble shield yeah. on my helmet covered was in covered ice. in ice. Oh, dude. Fucking beard covered in ice. Yeah, and I, you know, I did not have any proper gear, which I just fucking realized I did not bring my jacket. Fuck. So I didn't have proper gear. You still don't. So, Even well, after that, you still I mean, don't. No, actually I do, but I, it's at home. I forgot it. You didn't even have it last time. It wasn't even an option. No, I just had all of the clothes I brought I was wearing. Like, I had just layers, like, four pairs of pants, five, like, everything I had I was wearing, and I was still cold. Luckily, Zia gave me those fucking gloves while we were there. Oh, yeah, do you still have those? I do. Yeah, I brought those. Nice. No, I had my jacket hanging there. I just fucking, yeah, I'll have to figure something out. But... Dude, the feeling, like when we got to Red River and got off the bikes, that was an amazing feeling to just, you know, to make it through that unscathed, you know. I was just so happy to be there and be oh, alive at that point. Me too. And out of the cold, damn, we just hit 95 miles an hour. Hit the governor. Well, sick. I'm pretty stoked about this trip. We're going to ride through some some sweet spots that I've been to and then explore some spots that I haven't been to. Nice. I'm hot. We got a good group of guys. Uh, it's about as big as I, as I wanted it to be. Uh, you know, it could, we could have had some more people. A lot of people backed out, which I knew was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Looking forward to this. It's going to be killer, dude. Looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. We're going to wrap it up right there. We're fixing to be up here at this motocross spot, pull off and take a piss, see who all's camped out up here under the bridge. Dude, I got caught in a hailstorm right here one time. Yeah. It was so fucked up. Did you make it to the bridge? There's no bridge out here. Oh. 
No. There's nothing to hide under. We're north of Amarillo. There's nothing. Yeah. There's not shit. even trees to block this shit. Oh. The guy I was with kept trying to get me to pull over, and I'm like, for what? Exactly. Dude? So we can just hang out here and get our fucking shit bashed in? Fuck that. Keep moving. It fucking hurt. It hurt bad. Right. We may or may not do a podcast uh, with the group. Uh, I'd like to do a trivia show. We might do that tonight while there's just the four of us. And then maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to say nothing. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Thank you for tuning in. Check out mcshoptees.com, dangerdancetalkshop.com. And I'm telling you, if you've ever wanted a Danger Dan shirt, go sign up at mcshoptees now. You literally will not be able to get one any other way. So don't fucking wait. Peace. Dude, the fucking dream trip, a.k.a. the nightmare, how everything, nothing went right. I mean, absolutely nothing went right. Literally nothing went right. I, You know, it was just proving to me why I traveled alone for so long. Because if you bring a bunch of other fucking death trap shit box choppers, everybody's going to fucking break down, dude. I mean, and, and who wants to bring, I mean... Why would you take a chase truck? I mean, literally, that's just like another, like, as though the choppers weren't enough, let's take a fucking four-wheel vehicle to break down the whole time. I mean, who wants to have coolers and cooking utensils and extra space to put your camping gear? No, fuck that, dude. You can't even tell people about that, dude. You gotta go out there and prove something and ride by yourself. I mean, you don't wanna, like, be working on a bike on the side of a fucking canyon with your friends. Oh, no, no, no. You want to do that and just take a photo and photo and show the whole world, right? Terrible. I mean, everybody's bike broke down except for Al's. I mean, uh, it was fucking insane, dude. And, you know, fucking there's so many cars out there and the water was super fucking cold and then Super fucking hot and God, it was terrible. Kickstart Mike, thank you for dragging us all along on your on your nightmare trip. I uh, I really look forward to doing that again. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we'll pass that torch to somebody else and let them go on the nightmare trip with you. No, I'm just kidding. I'll live through any nightmare you want. Kickstart. And, uh, man, you guys should do this, right? No, you shouldn't. Don't go on a trip with your friends down the gnarliest roads with a fucking, you know, a truck to help you out at any point and haul food and booze and, you know, luxury items. Just go somewhere by yourself like a real fucking man and sleep in the fucking dirt. Anyhow... I'm going to go up here and have some, I don't even have tacos. I'm going to have something to eat. And then I'm going to do a, a recap podcast of what has happened the past couple days. Because, fuck, man. I'm going to try and do a lot of these over the next couple weeks. Like, every couple of days. Tell you what the fuck's going on down here in 
Well, now I'm in Central America. I'll be hopefully be in South America soon. Uh, but anyways, thank you. Thank you.